Why don't you do the intro, Cameron? Go ahead, just do the intro. I think you do the intro. No, you do the intro. This is your intro at the top of your show. This is my show. No, come on. You can do it. Here. Hi, everyone. Hey, give me some air horns on the way in. <laughs> Welcome to the show. The Gabby Reese Show, where everything's an experiment. Um, Gabby, it's Cameron and Tristan, hey. producers behind the scenes for the last year. Mm-hmm. But now we are interviewing you. And we're on mic with you. going to ask you all the questions that we want to know the answer to. Anything else, Tristan? Toward you? Uh, let's get this show on the road. Did you? That was amazing. Now talk, you know why they're producers and musical geniuses. We'll fix it in post. Hi, everyone. It's Gabby. And we have it a little different today. I have the brains, Laird's in the kitchen, the brains behind the show, Tristan and Cameron. They've been my producers and editors for the last year. And we're just going to talk about the show, how the last year went, what we're hoping for the next year coming up, my feelings about the podcast and, you know, what I'm hoping the podcast either continues to do or keeps morphing into and getting their feedback and constructive criticisms, as we call them. Um, well, we're here to induct you into the science mafia. <laughs> I'm ready. Science I might be a little old, though. They'd be like, I'd have to probably pay to get those secrets. They'd be like, sex and... Do you feel like you don't have the secrets? That I don't have secrets? Of the science mafia. The science mafia I definitely secrets. don't have those secrets. Well, no, I must have some secrets. Keep people around for yeah. 20-something years. That's why people keep that coming isn't, to listen. That isn't from baked goods, buddy. You better have some fucking <laughs> secrets. You better have secrets and moves. Yeah. Do you for feel sure. like a scientist when you, or like a researcher? A curious? No, I feel like someone who's not that smart, who's really trying to be well-equipped going into the conversation. No, no, truthfully, just the curiosity without too much of an angle Mm -hmm. or pretending like you have an angle, like I'm so serious and I'm trying to know something. It's like, oh, cool. What are you doing? So in order for me to talk to you, let me get as informed as I can. And also then simultaneously try to put that with this idea of, and how does that show up in real life, mm-hmm. not just here's the data and this is what we're seeing in your, you know, metabolic function. But like, what does that mean? Cause it's the end of 2022 and you had the biggest science mafia guests on this year. What is that research like for you? Do you try to tackle one thing they recently talked about? Do you try to dive into everything that they know about? Mm. If it's David Sinclair and <laughs> all any supplement he's talking about or Huberman or Tim Ferriss, like, what is that process like for you? And like, okay, they're coming in next week. That's a that's a great question. I think sometimes the temptation is to try to know a lot, a broad spectrum. And I think you can get in trouble. And actually Tim Ferriss is the one who reminded me when I spoke with him, it's like, ask what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like a vibration in life. I feel like whatever you're concerned with, I'm probably a little bit concerned with too at that time. And so... Um, not trying to show up in a way like I'm going to show you all the moves and I know all this stuff and I can sort of touch these points and say these words, but 
And also maybe what they haven't been talking about. Because a lot of times when you do the research, you'll see there'll be parts of their career that they're really diving into one part and then they'll move, they'll start to move into other parts. So maybe it's to try to also keep moving in to the latest parts with, with a reference back, because if that's important, that other research that they were doing, try to at least, you know, kind of touch upon it. So if someone's a new listener or they've never even heard of that, that then they they have a thread if they want to go back and dive deeper. Mm -hmm. If you were to try to encapsulate 2022, what is it? look like for you, for your show, like for my top show of the year was Andy Galpin. These are just, yeah, he's hard to pin down too. Cause he knows a lot of stuff. McIntyre, which that episode was awesome. Weird, I didn't right? know who he was. I got weird on that. Didn't I? It was You're awesome. Like, wow, weird, I loved Gabby. it. I, like, no, you get weird. Guy. It was just so, it was one of those, like, that's what makes podcast special to me, at least is like, I don't know what to expect. And I'm not going in wanting to learn something specific other than like the interest of wolves, a wild animal, but then yeah. to then, then you're making connections in not just humans lives, but your life in ways that like you can't prepare for. Like obviously everyone else that's on the show, scientists and stuff are amazing because they're, <laughs> you're learning things, but you're also like, it's like a class where you're trying to tune in and trying to master the craft of a better mind state or working out healthier or, or how can I reduce fear and anxiety? But Hey, I don't know. My friend was telling me about, about Rick. Uh, she lives part-time or she lives part-time in Utah and she saw him speak and she talked about all these grown men weeping. And I was like, Oh, what's his name? You know, like, but in all, in all seriousness, it's, it's kind of not getting so shut into a formula about what makes our life better but noticing the things that do. Mm -hmm. And so hearing an inspiring story, first of all, of Rick himself, he kind of accidentally dedicated himself to this process. He got called upon and he, and he rose to the occasion, right? That wasn't the plan. He was there for education. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, we're going to pivot because now I can see these wolves and we're going to document this. So just him and himself and his consistency in itself is somebody that we sh could, could inspire us in our own life and his sincerity, right? Like he cried, you I mean, I think he almost cried like three or four times on the podcast Yeah, and we were, had a terrible connection. We're far apart. It wasn't even like right here. And I mean, he's up in the mountains right now, right? He's in yeah, a testing cabin, one like, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I see him out there cranking to get the electricity yeah. to get the poor Jen. We joked that to get the, to get the show downloaded, she was like, okay, maybe face your computer somewhere else just because he was in his cabin. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And because it was going to take a while. Yeah. So he has to go live his life, go to the bathroom. Yeah. So, change, like, you know, sleep. just Jen's like, oh, you know, <laughs> like turn it away. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think for me as a, as just a human being, those kinds of people are so rare. And I don't care what they're doing, studying stones, trees, birds, whatever that type of real love for what you're doing and commitment, I think is inspiring. Mm -hmm. Coupled with the fact that uh, the way we behave in a family dynamic and the way wolves are in a pack is so similar. And so, and, and it was easier too, once you get going and you realize, oh, wait a second, the group that was the most successful, they, were the, they weren't the most ruthless. Mm -hmm. That group petered out their, their packs were destroyed or broke up. Their yearlings weren't as successful. And so I think that that always is the underline for everything. 
because it's a whole picture. People want to really narrow it down to like, well, okay, I exercise, you know, Monday and, you know, Wednesday and Friday and Saturday, and I do it for this many minutes. And I, my, you know, heart rate is that, and I burn this many calories and I eat this and this much protein. And that, yes, that is all part of it. But all that nuance part of it, those relationships, caring for one another, trying to be better, trying, you know, that expression about, like the true kind of warrior or badass is you do have a sword. You just choose to not unsheath it. And I guess as I move through my life, I am really ultimately not only trying to kind of be successful in the things I'm pursuing, whether it's relationships or work or whatever, but I really am truly actually interested in being a badass, but in the real way. Not in the, I exert my will on you, my force, but that that other way where you sharpen your blade and maybe you have, your blade gets more powerful and you never unsheath it. That really interests me because I see it all the time. All the people that I really like and I'm like, I would go to war with them. I would follow them into a fire, whatever it is. They all have that quality. Mm-hmm. Do you bring that mentality to the show with like you want to, master it and be a badass and to hone the craft and have it be polished? Are you, yeah. How do, how do you, it's hard to do. It's a little bit like parenting for me, this show. Cause I go in each time thinking, okay, I'm as prepared. You got to trust yourself. And then I always feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And when I come out of it, I feel like exactly like, I hope it was good. It's hard for me to put that in a box because I'm not willing to try to create such a strict formula because then I won't let the natural things happen. So with that comes sort of an insecurity and an unknowing list. But I, I feel like that is also part of life and willing to just keep doing it and be like, hopefully it brings value. And yeah, of course you learn as you go, but that is one of the reasons to do it because you maybe can't master it. And people who think that they do, I I don't think it's true. There's always something to learn. What you can master is being willing to do it the way you do it and not try to copy. Uh, And that in itself has its own set of discipline that you have to stay true to. That that makes you nervous because you're like, what the hell do I know? And, you know, how do I trust myself if I don't know if I know what I'm doing? but those go part and parcel. And that's in everything. Like any, if you talk to a lot of athletes, they're feeling that way quite a bit. So I think that's the excitement. Do you see that in the guests that you have on? Do you, cause they're typically, you know, there to present mm. whatever they're to present or promote. <laughs> um, they're a master of a, of a craft. Mm-hmm. Do you, do they verbalize without calling anyone out? Like, do they verbalize or do you see in them like the separation of here's what I'm presenting, but here's, I'm nervous or I don't quite have all the information or I, I think or I, is there patterns that you see with. It's interesting. With I feel like you'll hear. So when you do research, the problem is you listen to a lot of interviews. So what always, I always find interesting because I'm interviewed a lot myself. And so it's, how do I reframe a thought that is important for this, but that I've shared before. So either I will say things like I've said this before, or I try to say it differently. Sometimes you have guests that have shtick and you're like, oh, they're hit. Well, there it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think they just think that works for them. And I, I usually find that 
you have sometimes people maybe that are there to have a real conversation and then also share what they know. And then sometimes you have people who have a job they're trying to get done and they've got something to sell a book or a show or a product. And um, I try really hard to get them off that access and sort of put them in front of me in a way like, let's not, we're not going to do that. But yeah, you have, you have people too that they want to have church and state. They don't want to be also like, hey, I'm an expert doctor and I'm going to bring my kind of real personal self here. So you, you see it. I try to get through it a little bit. Um, I have a ten. I think I can do that better than most people, especially in person, because I think it's like I I just interviewed Courtney Cox and I told her PR people, listen, I'm 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 here for takeaways. I'm not here for gotchas, and I'm really not. I don't care. Like I I'm not here to talk about some you know bullshit on you that doesn't really. It's not going to help me. Do those external factors affect your show often? Like, do people's teams reach out and say, hey, we need this in it, or hey, you need to cut this? And how do you maneuver all that? I mean, we've had uh, we had somebody who had a personal thing with a, a parent passing, and for whatever reason, that was really hard for them, and they didn't want it in the show. It didn't, it didn't enhance the show to know that the person's not really. So for me, I... I you know, I want people to be comfortable because what I find is in the long run and more times than not, is if you create a safe space, they will tell you more than if you're trying to get it from them. And I know that from my own personal experience. If you seem informed when I come, when you're interviewing me and it doesn't feel like you're trying to push me against the wall, generally I'll probably tell you a deeper truth. If I see you angling to try to get me to say something, or you seemed like you don't know what you're talking about, like you don't really know anything about me, um, I generally, I can see it. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes with me, it's like, hey, how do we safely um, talk about this stuff that is hard and uncomfortable, but in a way that you you can manage? And it's harder. Like, I, like I, I'm bringing Courtney up because she's one of my more well-known guests. And the problem is, is I know her. And so for me, I really... Those are the hardest ones for me because I want to protect her and protect them, but I know more. But sometimes it's like, hey, let's go there and I'll see what you're willing to say. And it turns out like with her, she said a lot more than I would have thought she was going to say. So it's it's just making sure. But, you know, if someone's really uncomfortable, I'll take it out. And we've, you guys know this, we had one person who I felt wasn't really honest. They were, they were selling me so much stick that I thought it wasn't fair to the audience because it's already hard enough as it is. I don't need someone on here being like, oh, I don't suffer that problem. You don't suffer that problem. We all suffer that problem. You know, so I think we decided not to air that show. Mm -hmm. Were there any surprises this year off the top of your head that you can remember that? I'll be honest. I had, well, I've had a few. Uh, Dr. Gundry originally I, because, you know, he does have products to sell. So sometimes when you see him, it's like, he's, it's always like, you're not really, it's like on message, but message to support brands, something to sell. And I really, so I felt him a lot more in, the, in this interview. Like I, I felt his sincerity. I felt how he pivoted in his practice, learning from a patient. You'll hear that a lot with these doctors. Oh, I learned from my patients and I had to then go in a different direction. That was a surprise. Um, like I had a, not a disappointing surprise, but um, 
I've done interviews where maybe people weren't on their, I was really looking forward to talking to them and they weren't on their A game. And so, and oftentimes I think people think uh, maybe I'm like a, like a little more dingy or I come from sports and like, they don't realize what I really want to talk about. And so when I see that in the beginning, I'm always like, Ooh, I hope that they, this can burn off. Cause that'll, that sometimes shows up uh, or the disappointment of, I didn't get enough. You know, it's like having Tim Ferriss. It's like, you want to talk to Tim Ferriss for two and a half hours and go through it and get all the lists. Cause he is such a wealth of knowledge, but you can't. So I think you always feel like, Ooh, I could have done more. And at a certain point, you, in the conversation, relinquish control of the pathway that you might have had set up in your head, which is, I guess, like life as well. But Well, here's the other thing that's interesting. It's like going to dinner with somebody and thinking, I guess this was the conversation I was supposed to have, was this one. And there might be other conversations I hear them have with other people, and I'm like, oh, that was so much better. Or I hear the perfect interview. Right. Like you hear them being interviewed by somebody and you think that's perfect. I don't even want to talk to that person. So I, I guess it's all all part of that. And and it's it's this fine line of the human element and information. Like how much are we like how much are we talking about them as a person and getting a different insight on them? And then how and also coupling that with value to the audience so that, hey, at least they they get an idea about like, oh, I could check that out. Do you feel like you've had a perfect interview? Not that there were no mistakes, but that was just like this was the one that you would you'd be like, I killed this. The guest was there. No. Anything come close? I don't think so. I don't think that's possible. What's your measure for hitting that? Like what would make you walk away from an interview being like, that was an amazing interview? I think if I got to that, that means I would be done doing this. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you're not, I think you're supposed to feel like, okay, that was solid. But I think if you ever think, oh, that was, you know, it's more about maybe a moment. Maybe there's a line that somebody says that you think that is a perfect line or a perfect answer or that's it. That maybe is more than a whole show. And it's usually right. them, not me. It's never going to be me because I know me and I'm in my head and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, right. like, keep the, you know, keep the car on the road. So I think it, you don't ever feel kind of like, who I crushed it. I just don't think you do. And if you do, you're, you're afraid. And so you need that kind of weird inner thing. I don't need that. I'm okay with like, okay, you can keep doing better. Mm-hmm. Keep working. One of our biggest episodes this year was David Sinclair. Yeah. And, but why is of- that big? It's the big because of the name. It's not big because of the conversation. I don't think. Right? I think so. See, that's the thing that's interesting. Like some of the best conversations I'm like, well, because the person isn't as known I mean, David's great, and he obviously we call the science, as you know, the science mafia. So him and Huberman. I don't know if the sleep doctor is going to make it, but and now mm-hmm. Galpin, I think, got brought in. Did you see that? They just yeah. did like an eight, a six or eight part series or something. Him and Huberman together. So you think Kyle Gillette? Uh, Gillette. I like him, but we'll see if they can. You know, it's all about like kind of a development thing. You got to develop and develop how you communicate. It's just all of that all of that. It's harder, I think, than people think. I love, do you mm. think there's like an agent behind this? Is there one or is there a group it's of Huberman agents behind? It's Rob Moore. Come on, Rob Moore, Rob Moore. Yeah, they're G's. They're freaking smart. 
And if they can do it and do it for Huberman, they're going to do it better for these guys that are trying to give you in for hard, like mind, you know, bending, deep, heavy content. They do it. Who's doing it better? Nobody. No, they're so smart. I like it. I think it's great. So David Sinclair talked about mm -hmm. taking resveratrol, metformin, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. NMN, quercetin. Did you ever? Quercetin is in my- Do you currently or do you ever take this in the past year? Any yeah. of these? Did you stop? Did you start? I never got into the metformin that. because you got to, yeah, I think you need a, a prescription because I'm not a diabetic. So I- is that lazy? Might be lazy. Um, and I meant I take, I have it here. It tastes like concrete and yogurt. It's amazing. And then quercetin, I think everyone should take. And then that was reconfirmed by um, Perlmutter as well. And they say 500, but it's really a thousand. So it's- Any age, any health? Yes. Because it's uric acid and other, there's a lot of positive things. So again, that chronic inflammation or certain things, because really this is the thing. All of these doctors, all of these scientists, everybody basically is saying the same five things from a different point of expertise. So whether it's Chris Palmer talking about your mental health or it's, you know, the GI specialists, if it's Chutkan talking about, you know, your microbiome, um, if it's Sinclair, whatever it is talking about aging, it is metabolic function, it's chronic inflammation. It's like just a handful of things that keep expressing themselves and messing up our systems in a, in a myriad of ways, whether it is hypertension or high cholesterol or which is bullshit anyway, um, for the most part, if it's cancer, if it's depression, that a lot of the stem problems, the root problems are pretty much the same five things, which I think is super exciting. That, but it's also interesting to me, like how many shows are we going to do to figure out how to talk about those same five things? And it's really until people are ready to hear about it. You might be at a place in your life where you're they're too young or overwhelmed with something else that you just can't hear it. And then one day you're like, oh, I heard that. So for me, I'm like, no problem. We'll keep tap dancing around those same five things and try to like, it sounds like this, it sounds like that, but it's really the same same thing. And so I, I, um, I really like that because they're pretty consistent. All of these people really are saying the same things over and over. So I, re I really like that because it makes me feel like also it's an opportunity to do a good job. Because otherwise you'd just be more, you're another person who's a mix of, you know, part of the confusion. And I don't, I don't really want to do that. doesn't mean everyone has to agree with everything, but it, you know, if you have Dr. Gabrielle Lyon or Stacey Sims, and they're talking about maybe not fasting for women or a lot of protein, there's always going to be someone who's upset about that, mm. which I think is funny. It definitely takes that some form of clever repetition because mm -hmm. the first time you hear about it, you know, it's a lot of information. You hear the word quercetin and then you internalize that. And then you hear, you talk about it again, you hear, talk about it again, you hear, talk mm -hmm. about it. And then you finally say, okay, let me look this up. Okay. Let me see what this does. Okay. Let me, and then you takes the, that like a full knowing in your body to know like what it does, how to take it, what to do. Yeah. Same and your workouts, why. mind states. Yeah. I think, why is I think this one. is so important. I'm not interested in people just doing what I'm asking or what people are on the show asking. I'm interested in having a sense of it for themselves and being like, this is why I'm going to take it. Cause otherwise they won't do it 
from one week to the next. And so um, it's it's like with my kids. I, I'm not here to, you know, I still have a young, younger daughter who eats, like it's appalling what she's eating as she should. Um, you know, the other two are out of that, graduated from that and they eat really healthy because they understand why they want to, how it makes them feel because I'm not going to be in your pocket. So you got to get your own reasons why. And um, I believe that in this show. It's like, that's why I always say, I try to make things an invitation. You know, we have a joke in pool training. I'll have athletes in front of me and I'll say, okay, here's the drill. Um, so I invite you or challenge you, whatever your mechanism is, because that's how people are. And some people are like, oh, I can't do it. I'll show you. And other people you're like, oh, you're telling me? I don't want to do it. So it's this weird balance of like, I'm going to invite you, but also we're going to be accountable to the information. Like if we keep, if it keeps showing up as solid at some point, you can argue it all you want and it's still an invitation, but it is what it is. And so I, I think that that's how I approach it. And, and by the way, I, I'll, f I can figure it out a some, some of it on my own. If people don't agree or whatever, it's like, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But, but that's the hope is that the discovery is, oh, you know what? That's starting to really make sense to me. I think I'll try it. Because none of it happens overnight. That's the problem. With the exception of like getting rid of like some really bad relationship or apologizing or like making amends with everybody, most of the stuff we're talking about is like in the accumulation, the overtime stuff. That is a hard thing to sell because it's not like instantaneous. Yeah. So that's why people have to have their own buy-in. I think we all have our own personal lives, but I feel like there's certain people in my life, including some family members who aren't even to that. I feel like there's a step before the why of mm -hmm. like the reality has to be broken. Like you have to see the red pill and the blue pill. And I've always been trying to talk to my parents about it. Food is really the, the big one, food yeah. and exercise. I'm curious if you have any advice on how to help crack that reality so then that they can discover their own why. Because I feel like there is a step before the why. And once you get the why, then then you're in for the long run. You'll make the commitment. But that reality of not even understanding it or like growing up a certain way, which which was me. Sure. To And then moving to LA and being in the industry, acting, all these things. That's what cracked for me. I was like, oh, there's like health stuff. I'm going to do it for this. But I now see the like long-term benefits of this. This makes total sense. But people like my parents or siblings or people who or close to me that don't see that, I'm curious at how you would approach mm -hmm. encouraging someone or helping crack that reality. Like what would you, how would you approach that? Well, it, first of all, it's- Or is it even possible? Or does it some need to be people, it, it may not be. But of course, with everyone, that's always, everything's always possible. But what I would say is this, is it can't be um, everything all at once. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're habitual. I'm habitual. Humans are habitual. So it's, it's one small change first. Like if someone's drinking soda, for example. Okay. That is a really good one to sort of take out and get a pretty big benefit of the amount of sugar and just some of the stuff that's in it. And just, and break it down. Be like, hey, is there a substitute? And that's the other thing is a small change within lieu, like give it a substitute. So if somebody, for example you know, sits on the couch right after dinner or whatever, go say, hey, could you start to three times a week, um, take a 15 minute walk after dinner? 
even if it's cold outside, because there's even science showing about the benefits of walking after you eat a lot. Mm. Um, And then sort of say, hey, is there one food that isn't probably serving you? Ask them, see if they can locate it, because they probably can. And if they can say, is, are you willing to either remove that or can we figure out a way where sort of five or six days a week, you're kind of on point. So when you go hang out with the boys or you're doing the family, whatever, barbecue, go off the, you know, go, go crazy or ordering pizza night, that that's not going to kill you, hammer you and, and make the, and have a strategy. Cause you can't just say, you know, you shouldn't eat that. What does that mean? Okay, I shouldn't eat that. What should I eat instead? And that as in all of that or just which that? And then and then slowly add little lifestyle, you know, bells and whistles, whether it's these walks or could they work, go to a certain class a week, two times a week um, and make these slow changes. And, and But also it has to be because they want to. If you're just putting it on someone and they haven't asked for that, it's like if you're walking down the street and someone's like, you need directions, it's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Right. It's annoying. And believe me, I have family members. I was raised by a couple that have been, you know, suffered with lifestyle like the whole time. And I don't really say much. And they all think I'm, they think I disapprove of everything and they realize I, I don't really live like that. So I think it's, it's kind of saying, oh, I, I've been learning. I've been trying this. Maybe you could try this. Mm-hmm. But also if it feels like there's a desire. Right. If there isn't, then they're probably gonna have to go to the doctor and get a bill of health that is not great. Have to have a scary check, yeah. Yep. And then they go, oh, maybe I should, da, da, da. Right. So and that is an unfortunate part to it. But if someone's like, hey, you know what? I'm ready. I think you can do it slowly and and kind of, because really it's the food. The food is the ass kicker, right? Mm-hmm. And And the problem is, let's say people are, they have weight that they want to lose, but they're not, even if they start to get the food right, if their body's still in that inflamed state, it's still pretty hard to lose the weight. So then it feels overwhelming. Like, hey, I'm eating salads and this and that, but I'm not really, it's nothing's really changing. And so that's the, that's the hard part. It's really understanding, okay, I got to get the sugar out. Okay, I got to get the seed oils out. Like I have to get these things out that are causing this chronic inflammation because it'll be hard otherwise. Yeah. And so I think the other conversation too is like, it's set up not for us to be successful. This is actually something to navigate. So it's not easy. So saying to them, like, listen, this isn't easy. It's it, the fact that we have to work to be healthy. So it's, it's, it's like I say, it's this weird pocket of, I give myself grace and I have to be totally honest with myself simultaneously all the time. And what, what do you want? Right. That's how much do you want it that then you go, okay, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to complain that the store is a nightmare. I'm going to then figure it out. Yeah. It's fr- sometimes it's frustrating to be on the other end of it, the wanting it for them, you know, mm. but I, I think you make a great point of leading by example and then, and then spoon feeding it. I think that's a, I mean, my own personal experience is like mm. small changes for sure help. But I find that like when I wake up, make one bad decision, then I'll make another bad decision, then I make another bad decision. Or if I make one good decision, then I'll make mm. another good decision. Like today will be a healthy day. We started out with a workout, yeah. doing an interview. I'm going to keep that going. That's yeah. I've kind of like mapped out how I 
how it works for me, but I don't know how it works for other people. So it's been frustrating to try to like, for, for example, my mom, like just, and I've been saying the same thing, like go on a walk, you yeah. just cut out the sugar, eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Just don't do that. Like try eggs. Do people still eat Pop-Tarts? Those oh, are good. Yeah. Those brown cinnamon, Those things are amazing. I yeah. never had a strudel one, but you know what I, too? I hey, it's what about like this conversation? Like, Hey, I really love you. And I've, you know, since I moved away, I've learned a lot and, um, and maybe this, this would, but if someone's not complaining, that's the other part, right? If it's the loved ones, like, I don't feel good and I want to lose these 20 or 30 or whatever the pounds are, right. then it's the time. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really hard. This is life and this, that's love. And love is being like, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a coach, um, and we, I, maybe you've heard this story before, but uh, we were playing in a, I was in college at Florida State and we weren't playing well. We weren't performing well, but on top of it, our attitude sucked. Okay. So it's one thing to not perform, but you're like, you're still trying and it's, you know, whatever. And it's even another thing to be performing well and your attitude sucks. Fine. But both at the same time. Right. So we come she calls a timeout. We all get in the timeout. The team's there, 12 of us. She's there. And usually it's like, Hey, do this, do that. Da, da. She doesn't say one word. And then we put our hands in to, you know, break, to go back to play. And right before we went, she goes, I don't know what to tell you because I can't want to win more than you. So we weren't even in a position to get information about what to do because we weren't ready. So she's, why tell us? It's like, when you're ready, I'm here to help you. Right. And I think that's kind of how it is. Yeah. That probably translates to parenting as well, I imagine. Like you're Beyond. extending the olive branch unconditionally and you just have to be there patient yeah. yeah, whenever it can be ready, but not act like, you know, it all as well. Like you, you, you can't know it all, <laughs> but. And you don't know you it all for them. It, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing though, is like, you're not in their head. They take the olive branch and whip you with that olive branch. No, I'm just kidding. You know, like the Russian bath. You know, they do that. Yeah. Good That's that. more like parenting. Um, yeah. No, listen, <laughs> Lead by example and listen is what seems to always show up for me in parenting. Lead by example and listen. I mean, obviously when the kids are much smaller, you have to have some healthy boundaries. Right. It still doesn't really help. I mean, I have, no, I'm joking. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I believe that when you believe that they'll find their way, they feel that from you. But there is, yeah, it's, it's no joke. Parenting is no joke. I've literally had, imagine. I've had, I had one situation that we went through probably about six years ago that after I got this information about what was some stuff that was going on and what one of my kids was feeling, I walked upstairs into my bathroom, literally put my face two inches from my mirror in my bathroom, looked into my left eyeball, only the eyeball, and was like, you got to keep your shit together you can't fall apart. Cause I knew I was, I was like, this is the thing that could just, you're just right there and launch you. And also even launch the, like the marriage, right? Like we just go to our corners and lick our wounds and like, can I blame somebody for this? You know, whatever. And so it's, uh, it's great. I mean, it really is the real thing. I just got cats. I know the feeling. Yeah, just the same. Because they, they, yeah. what's great? The thing is, I wish I had cats. In, your kids were like cats because you're like you're good. You're good over there. Okay, great. Right. 
take care of themselves. Yeah, they come rub on your leg. You're like, perfect, great, okay. Is there anything in the podcast from the start of it that you've taken away specifically with parenting from any of the guests? Because I feel like it's a lot of the times it's you talking about parenting and telling your stories and your trials and going through. But is there anything that's like really taken an effect on you or made your takeaway? No, I mean, I again, I think before I started this show, I had gone through enough kind of serious things in parenting that I had to get help. Mm-hmm. You hear me talk a lot about Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually saw her. Oh my God, I saw her last week. We went to visit her just as, you know, socially. And uh, she was saying she told her husband that she had this dream or something that she, it was, she was the end of the world was happening. Like it was all happening. And he's like, what'd you do? Stephen Mitchell is her husband. He's like, what'd you do? And she's like, oh, well, I had to watch it to have that, to have the opportunity to be a part of this and to see it. So she looks at everything different. Like it's a total shit show. And she's like, isn't it amazing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like my face is on the ground and my kid's shoe is on my head. You know, it's like, but it's, so I would say that a lot of the people I talk to, um, it's, I I sort of had to get help sooner than that. Mm -hmm. And it's an ongoing thing. Right. Right? Because every kid's different. But I would say that if you said to me, who has helped me the most, it certainly has been Katie. And what that has been is getting offloading the expectation. You know, she says God is reality and she's in love with reality. That's what she says. Because the minute you use should or could, you're out of reality, Hmm. even as a parent. And that is a very hard and sobering and liberating lesson. That's tough to accept for sure. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Come in. Not ready. No, but it works out. Yeah. That was one. I, of, I, I believe that for sure. Your first episode of the Gabby Reese show yeah. was with Laird mm-hmm. in like 2020, January, 2020, talking about parenting. Did we talk Fear. about it? We probably cried. Were we crying? You were very playful. Is that, oh, we were. Is that no, <laughs> yeah, because absolutely. if you don't have absolutely. your humor in this thing, yeah. Yeah. you are done. Yeah. So we totally. were playful because we're like oh, trying to survive it. <laughs> does it feel does it still feel that way? Does what that we're playful? Yeah. Two years post COVID, oh. kids are older. Is it is it oh yeah. I think we only get more playful. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Laird. I mean, Laird is a little just mischievous enough in the best way. And he has a wisdom that um, you can't get from a book. I think he has a wisdom from being in nature and the lessons of nature and of the ocean that make him weirdly wise. And he's he's funny. And he, I really appreciate that Laird is so genuinely himself. I mean, good and bad, right? And it helps me because I can get rigid I have a, a drier kind of wit and uh, Laird helps me, um, you know, live in that more for sure. Cause if you, if you don't see the humor, you are dead. You're going to get it. Whether it's from work, try being an entrepreneur. I mean, we went public and had our stocks get crushed during COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yay, boom. Um, you know, you're sore, you're an athlete, you're beat up, you're injured, you have kids, 
that are like testing you and be, and you know, they're your kids. So in every way that you're not prepared to handle it or it's your traits, there it is. So Laird is a really good partner to go through, uh, stuff with, and he's a lot of fun. Um, and he's intense. Listen, it's not like it's all a walk in the park. I mean, you know, he, but I've learned, like, I know the language. It's been a long time. So what might've impacted me in the first few years of our marriage is like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, there it is. Hmm. Um, and it's important because I think when you're in any situation and especially in a romantic situation, it's remembering that the quality that usually we love is there is a direct line to something that is hard about the person or what we would say is hard, right? Um, if we choose to look at it that way. Sometimes it's just one side has to exist so the other can. So for example, I'm organized, I get a lot done, but I'm in my head a lot. I'm far away. Laird is super present and passionate and intense and intense. So like stomp, stomp, grumble, grumble, not a politician, not here to make you feel like comfortable. So it's just that tension has to sort of live just, just the way life is. And if you think it's other, it's like being a child, you're being a child, you know? Speaking of like the first episode and the, the creation of the podcast, I, I was curious if you had any original goals that you set out to accomplish when you first made the podcast mm -hmm. and if you've hit those goals and if not, uh, a follow-up question would be, what, what's your process now that we're at the end of the year to approaching goal setting and goals? So I think for me, because I did that podcast before with Neil Strauss, which is how I met True. the two of you. Yep. Um, and I think I was getting my feet wet. So, you know, and I used to do a lot of interviews for television. That's a different way of interviewing people. So I thought, oh, I'll learn a new skill and I'll do it with Neil. And I maybe leaned on Neil. And also he likes that because he wants to be in control. So it kind of worked out. So, because I, I, I have this weird thing of not always thinking I can do this well. Like it, it's like an imposter syndrome kind of. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because I've been interviewing people a long time and then I, and then everyone has a podcast. So I'm like, oh, maybe I just think it's, I'm going to have a podcast, but I do think maybe within it, I do have an, I have a skill for it. It's just, I, I don't ever really like Laird's like, okay, yeah. But like, cause sometimes people say at the end of the show, like, oh, you're really good at this. And I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's this weird thing. So I think I did it with Neil to lean on it, to get sort of develop this new skill. So when I started this, I don't even think I was at a place to be good enough to set goals, except to do a good job, mm -hmm. to bring value if people are going to hang out with me. So if you spent time, there would be something that enhanced your life in some way, whatever that was, whatever person needed or could take away at that time. That was the goal. But if I could be really honest, and I, I don't know if I've done that, only, you know, people know if they listen. I can't, you know, it's like someone There's says- There's no gauge for that, yeah. Yeah, and people could say, oh, you know, what do you think you mean to, or what you represent? I go, only people who, I can't, they can tell you, I can't right. tell you. But I, I secretly and deep inside, it is a male dominated space. Absolutely. Especially in the area kind of I live. I'm not talking about martinis and nails and, you know, like plastic surgery. I mean, for every show kind of thing. Or, and it's not like a, like a kibitz show. Yeah. I think that inside of me, I really want to take ownership in this space 
as a female in sort of this male world. And it's not because I want, I'm like, I want to get in here as a girl. I don't even think that way. It's just that I think to have, to be representing another perspective. And it doesn't mean only the female perspective, but it means a perspective of somebody like if I have to work, but I'm a, I have kids and I'm a mom. It's like Joe Rogan. He has, you know, three daughters, two little ones. He's not, his perspective is going to be very different than mine. Completely. And so I want to keep bringing that because what I have to navigate and orchestrate, a lot other people do too. But that's without alienating the men, that the content is rich enough and real enough and tangible enough that they go, cool, I can I can handle a couple mom comments and because there's so much stuff to put in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, and I'm not even close to that, but if you said to me, yes, I would really, that's what I would like to do is to have a strong sort of, and it isn't, I, again, I don't want to overdo it with like the female, but I just know there's not a lot of women doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we just bring a different perspective. I can speak from my own experience of anytime you've talked about stuff in that realm and, and including parenting and kids, like I, I've always found it interesting and I, there's something to take away from it, you know, whether it's like, oh, I plan to have kids and want to remember this or I, you know, I think you accomplish both perspectives in a really digestible way that I think has an effect. At least I can only speak for myself, like you're saying earlier, like it's really up to how our audience yeah. thinks about it. But from my perspective of starting the show and listening to older episodes, there's something to gain from both of those perspectives. Because what people don't realize is in a way I'm more masculine than all three of you. I was going to say He kicks my ass in that workout. No, not that. <laughs> not in that obvious thing. I, I have a very male mm. kind of emotionality. I mean, my husband, who is so masculine, is actually the more emotional. I mean, obviously, when it comes to it, if the fire's coming or something needs to be, you know, done, Laird is uh, at the at the sharp end of the stick. But I'm saying day to day, I have a very male kind of way of doing things. And so I, I'm also looking at it like um, I'm studying it and researching it. Like I'm like, oh, I'm experiencing this as a mother. And I'm also like learning simultaneously and sort of uh, observing it because that's what I I think I have to, I observe things a lot and analyze them. So when I say that, I think I'm, that's also it too is, and I, I by the way, I, I feel like I understand men on some level. At what point did you become aware of that by yourself? I think college athletics. I was around a lot of guys and you start to realize like, oh, I understand what they're doing. Where like, if I had girlfriends, they're like, oh, you know, like why? It's like, oh, you, you don't know what's behind that. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you don't really know what's going on there. So I think I learned that. And I, and it's some of the things I appreciate and some you'd be like, oh, those are the things that I'm going to move away from mm-hmm. as a female in that male dynamic. And other things, I'm just going to understand it like a big sister or a girl, a friend that is a female, but also, you know, call call men on it. Right. Like, that's the thing. If you're going to be friends, you have to be honest and be like, you know that you're doing that, right? Or you're not doing that, like with her or whatever. So I think it's, it's that. And it's, and I don't have anything attached to it, but I think I have a, I feel like I'm a very masculine kind of point of view, which is sort of, it's sort of, I don't know. It's, it's worked well. And at times it's hard 
because when you're a parent or a mom, I see other moms and I'm just like, wow, you suck, you know, meaning me, because they're like, we're decorating Christmas cookies. And I'm like, oof. So there's always that, right? Like, but it's, it's all of it. So it's like owning all of it and just being like, I wish I was sweeter in that way. Like I am a true caregiver, but it's in a very kind of matter of fact, like here's your stuff and it's done and it's good, but it's not like sweetie, you know? Right. And sometimes I wish I had more of that. I joke, I have a friend, Tiffany. I can say your name, Tiffany. And she'll be like, you kids, stop that. Get up to your room or you're going to get in trouble, right? And I can say, would you like a cupcake? And it sounds meaner than her. <laughs> and it's just one of the things. I, you know, and that, so what that goes back to is encouraging people. We're all doing the best we can and you're going to do it the way you do it. Yeah. And that's okay too, as long as you just keep working on stuff. But yeah, so to really answer your question in an incredibly long way, I would like to be, to take more real estate in a space that I know is dominated by, by men and not because it's dominated by men, but just to add mm -hmm. another perspective the, the follow-up to that, with that being your your goal, which I love that. What's your process to setting goals? Do you do that? Do you do a yearly review? Do you do the New Year's goals, resolutions thing? Or do you have a different take on it? I do, because I'm always so goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. It's obnoxious. I, I think I, I do, I, you know, I do sort of like six months, a year, three and five. Um, but what happens is, is that also I have this kind of like, I, I, I'm verbalizing it now. I didn't realize I fully do it, but I have sort of like a internal kind of pra prayer and visualization practice that's on a lot. Mm. It's constant. Like, what do you want? Where are you going? How are you going to do that? And it's a lot. And so I think that that gets incorporated daily into the drive of where am I going and what am I doing? Um, and the only thing that gets in the way of that, quite frankly, is my life and the demands of the things that ultimately are still more important, which is my family and my right. relationships. They get in the way a lot. Yeah, that resonates for sure. Do you, so it's, do you schedule time to allow yourself to do that? Or is it just always it's happening? Running. It's when running. When you go out, when you go to the store, when you're in the car, when you're mm -hmm. on a shoot, when you're doing a show, when you're parenting, and then- have you found ways to like keep mental clarity and health and give yourself to the moment? So like that, that happens with me, like creatively running all the time. Mm -hmm. And then life gets in the way where someone asks something of me, or I need to go do something else that isn't in line with what I was just daydreaming about or make a sacrifice here or make dinner there or go see this person. And I've hit points where like, I don't give my full self to that situation because I was trapped in this over here and it can create bad encounters with my mm -hmm. significant other, with friends, with family, with not like screaming matches, but just not like fully present. So I don't know if you've run into that, if you found ways that it, ha it happens easier, all the, it, it happens all the time. I think you get better at separating and almost keeping it private. Like I can pick up someone from school and still be kind of doing that. And then the other thing I will say though, and cause I'm obviously a lot older than you, is at the end, end of the day, it's none of it's gonna matter if my real life and my real relationships aren't great or I'm not great for the people around me. Mm 
And so maybe I know that to be true. So I, I, uh, it's kind of like if you were standing there and you're thinking in, you know, you're in the shore break and, and, uh, a wave comes and it's just better to lie down, you know, just go with it. And sometimes when these things that come that interfere with this, this thought or this goal mindset or what have you, instead of fighting it or continuing on what you were doing, it's better just to go with it. And so if it's like a kid wants to talk to you or if a partner wants to connect, um, short of like, hey, I have a deadline, like I have to go in my office and really record something and get it done. You start to learn because you will never be sad. You will never regret that. And you could accomplish the whole world and it won't matter. And this I know, like that is one of my North Stars. Because then what you do is you make like these incremental improvements in this creative pursuit or professional pursuit or whatever it is, way that you're trying to express yourself in this way, this dream. But your real life is layering and it's happening and it's, and that's all made up of the quiet things. It's never the big monumental things. And so you have to, you got to do those because you can't phone those in. Those don't just happen on their own. And what you realize is sometimes you'll get there somehow. And for the people who just like aim and shoot and they've got it all written down and they have their practice, see how that's working out. And maybe that's the end question, right? What is this? I mean, because we don't know what it's all about. Like, what's it all about? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just to accomplish. And as much as I'm driven and goal oriented, and I've lived like that most of my, my, pretty much my whole adult life. And it seems to work out like, to be honest, and I think I've talked about this in my, in my solo podcast, I don't even know how I got anything done or I was good at anything or successful in any way, but it works. So I guess to, to answer that, it's just, it's parallel pathing, but knowing if you want to, if you're that driven and you want to be that successful, you will be. But do you want to pay that price? And I don't. I want to have a real life. I want to have a shot at having a real life. I want to participate in a real life with, with the people that I'm close to and see what that also looks like. How far can I take those relationships? How can I grow in my marriage and in my friendships and in, with my daughters? And um, that's still first, even though sometimes I'm mad that it's first, mm. if that makes sense. Totally. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, but no matter what, you wouldn't feel good any other way. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the interesting part. Has that always been your pursuit or was there something that changed or a certain moment in your life that changed and said, no, you know, the going after all this stuff, trying to be successful, trying to accomplish so much that just kind of, cause that's where I feel like we're at right now where we're mm -hmm. like so dead set on how much can we accomplish? What can we create? Who can we collaborate with that? I'm curious at what changed for you or when did it change? Well, usually when they hit, hand you a child, that definitely kicks you into it. And I want to say that, by the way, in my early twenties, I was on, on focus mm -hmm. on, on, so there's a time for that too. So I don't want to act like, oh, I've all had this balance the whole time. Oh no. I was in airplanes four days a week. I was doing a million things at one time. Um, I just got a lot of that over with from like 18 to, you know, so let's say 26, seven, I, got, I sort of packed a lot of that in. And then it was like, okay, I'm now in a relationship. Okay, support that person, some of their goals. Okay, then in my early 30s, okay, now you, here's a, a child. So it's just, I think it naturally happens. So I want yeah. to encourage people, if it's the beautiful thing, if you're single or, you know, just it's you and another person, 
fucking grind out like day to night, go for it for sure. But keep your, keep looking up once in a while because mm-hmm. life, you have to build a life. It doesn't just smack you in the head. You have to also build it and participate in it. And it's sometimes, like I said, it's not that sexy stuff. It's that quiet stuff. I think you said like your dad would take off time, right? To come to events was, was that it? What were we talking about that? My dad? Yeah. Um, There's something you said. My dad's a surgeon, but he would coach our sports. Yes, that was it. For sure. He did uh, that. That impacted you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your dad had to, and it wasn't like people like amazing coaching job. It's like, it's that quiet stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I know he was trying his best. I love both my parents and they're both amazing people, but the coaching was probably a step too far into (laughs) wanting to be involved in our lives because he was, he's a very high achiever. He was like in the Olympic row cramp in 1980 surgeon. Um, So what you're saying is that's a bad example. (laughs) Pressure it was, was a little bit like, you're like, well, Gabby, actually, um, do you have a tissue? I, want well, to talk about that. I have two older brothers. They're a year apart. I'm four and five years younger than them. Mm-hmm. So there's weird dynamics with three boys. And then he, yeah, he just, to be involved in our lives, he went all in and like had all the books, all the DVDs, coached every single sport and like for all of us, for everyone. And then it hit a point where it, 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 pr- Probably didn't create a healthy relationship oh. growing up. Yeah, I, um, okay. I mean, I just meant a little of that, maybe just like a little. Just show up. Look at the game. Yeah, just show up. That's it. Don't become an expert. He's always been that supportive force for whatever I've been chasing in my life. Most there you outside go. of that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen and that. Film, too. I've acting, your, and music, and anything. Like he's totally been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's good. Yeah, and it's very different than what he does. Absolutely. He's so funny. He he he's a surgeon. He saves babies' lives every day. And when I was pursuing acting, he was like, "Man, you have the ability to change people's lives." I'm like that, you literally save people's lives. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, but I can, I only can really impact one or a small group of people's lives at a time." Like the ability to create and express art, mm-hmm. you can impact thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. And like, it's just like fully believes in, then you, you tell that to other people like chasing acting and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see his life is that way. Cause that's how he looks at life. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful. Yeah, Like he maybe sees the opportunity to do that in everything. Mm. Yeah. And other people may never see it in anything. So it's, it just shows you why your dad's doing what he's, what he's doing. What do you guys want me to do different in this show? I'm not precious, hmm. but we will. More sound effects, more <laughs> air horns. Uh, I, more. I, I got a small thing. Yeah. Um, I would but love- But Neil Strauss never asked you this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neil. Uh, Neil Strauss would ask, what's the solution? I don't want problem-based thinking. I want solution-based thinking. Um, sometimes this is a very small thing, but I okay. think that it could benefit the guest when you're asking a question, I think a lot of times you like to give a lot of context in a question, which I think is great. Like mm-hmm. you'll you'll start a question and then go on a, on a story or something mm-hmm. that relates to that question. I would like to challenge you to straight up ask the question Drop and then it give off. the context or give the context and straight up ask the question. Okay. There's a tendency I'm just noticing because I mean, I have edited tons of these now, so I'm starting to notice the patterns and is stuff. Is he crying? Is he crying, Justin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've listened to hundreds of these hours. I can't take it. <laughs> 
No, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. You're in a safe space. Safe space. <laughs> 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 okay. she me really I don't know if it's safe. Show. You can't get out. No, no, I, I, no, no. I got it. It was a small thing. You know, I think it wasn't it's like great. A broad, like no, but you know, go, why not? That's what we're just here. A small thing that I would like to challenge you to see. This is a, a, a way you ask certain questions. But I also will say that I'll caveat that with: don't if you get in the, your head about it, forget what I'm saying. Like if you start to think about how you're asking, no, a it's question a cue. Or your it's good. No, no, style, it's good. No, no, it's good. Anything else? Come on. What else? I agree. I think it stems from you're a thinker. You're, you see a full picture of things. But yeah, if you're asking a direct question, sometimes your brain takes you to context and then back to the question. But mm. the question's different than how you started the question. Okay. And then the guest might not know like. What the hell do you mean? Yeah. What, okay. What the answer is, but. In the long run, are we any are we seeking answers? No, but no, no, no. It's the good. challenge is ask the question, let them answer, and then like the context comes through the conversation. I think okay, it's a dance. It's not like it has to be this way. It has to be a certain way. No, I want to know. Justin, you can chime in too, buddy. Go mm. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> let me pull out my notebook. <laughs> Let's see where to He's start. Like, <laughs> no, I'm excited for the uh, potential of doing uh, live shows. Yeah. Okay, I better really get that. Do it live. Question, direct question. Uh, and okay. then possibly, you know, bringing in um, the uh, well, listeners' questions. That yeah. would be easier. Okay. It's yeah. easier for me to answer questions than it is for me to... Well, just with like guests try and stuff to and just... tell the story every time with a guest. Right. Yeah. It's so much easier. Here's another thing. Oh, Embracing. Oh, oh. Now you've opened the door. <laughs> you've opened the it's door. That, I like that we're doing this on camera too. No one's doing anything wrong. <laughs> it's not we're you, not Gabby, wrong. but. But the guy pushing the buttons keeps fucking up. Yeah. I'm not going to be tra traumatized. Go for embracing it. Embracing the, and it's as comfortable as you can get with it. But okay. Embracing the unfiltered conversation that you have with us on the phone into some dynamic of interviews. I know it's mm, case by do. case, but like if we asked you your take on the mindfulness industry or health mm. and wellness, like yeah. how you would talk to us on the phone is incredible. It's funny. It's like engaging. It's a little bit spicy. It's a little bit of a hot take, but it has specific examples. It's like get shit done. It's yeah. the tough love. Like I'll pat you on the back, but I'm not here to like bullshit you. And it's like- You think I'm too nice? No, I don't think you're too nice. I think it's something I think to just like embody, like feel what it feels like, and then take that into conversations and interviews. You don't think that's, that's scary? It is. I mean, because it, it, that's, well, it's. <laughs> they call her Gabe. My friend Nancy's like, oh, Gabe's here. <laughs> well, no, it's not. I don't want that to be the focus. No, no, Obviously, no. you're there to make the guests. Yeah. <laughs> we can only speak from our experience. Every time we've had a conversation with you, not on mic or not in an interview where you're giving us some sort of advice or we're just talking about the podcast, you're so straight up in a way that resonates so hard with us that we always walk away from our conversations being like, the energy she had, the way she's just just giving us the information, just super straight up, no bullshit. It, it just resonates with us for sure. So how do you how does that show up in the show? I think a good place to start is the the bonus episodes and the mm -hmm. the the content that we have. You know, you have con control over instead okay. of we, you know when you have someone a guest here, you got to honor the guest, and, and you know, you don't want to be thinking about how you can voice your your hot take opinion, but. I think starting with the bonus episodes and, and, and more conversations between us about it and like the, the things that you say that affect us, you know, like you said that the male perspective is super important. And I think that's one quality that you uniquely have that when you do get on, I don't want to call it a ramp, but you know, in a, in a, in a moment of 
sometimes the way you say things, it, it, it affects us in a, in a really positive way. We walk away from it being like, God, she's so right. I need to fucking get my shit together. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll see if I, you know, it's like, it's always a, like a hedge. Like I'm trying to not be so harsh because my real self all the way is like so just to the point and direct. So I have to figure out how to bring that in a way that's um, still obviously a reflection of me, but uh, not off-putting because mm-hmm. that can be a bit off-putting if yeah, you because yeah, if you don't know me and you're not yeah. in a relationship with me and know that i'm trying to I mean, like come from a pretty good place you might be like whoa right and yeah you got to gauge your guests too like with us you know we want you to no filter no nothing i want to hear all of it but with certain guests you got to feel feel the yeah. energy and see where yeah. it leads you and i think it's just Adding a dash of it, like a recipe. Okay, it it's never, obviously does, is there, does it ever different does it ever Andy show Galpin up in different. the in the podcast? Does you do you ever hear it come out, or is it pretty it gets there tempered the whole time? I would say more often than not, it's tempered, understandably no, yeah. tempered. Like yeah, yeah. But is there ever like a, do you ever hear like one line where you're like oh there she is? Yes. Yeah. For Occasionally. Sure. Yeah. And for yes, friends with for them. For sure. Yeah. yeah. probably ha- stop doing yeah. edibles before I do the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't. <laughs> Performance enhancing. <laughs> yeah, Performance enhancing. Yes. Just do a shot of tequila. That would bring the other, that would bring Gabe out. Okay. Sure. That's noted. I would love to do what that. What else? Uh, and that's a hard, that's a hard note to get. It's not really a note. No, it's, it's just a so, thought. It's, just, it's more of an observation of yeah. our conversations. You know? Yeah, no, like, you're right. So it's something to, to note yeah. that just, it's resonated with us. Sometimes okay. when you're on a, just straight up. Straight up. We love it. I think just the awareness will will start to in, include it. Because it's, you know, doing it on Zoom with someone whose connection is bad, it's not, there's no, and then doing it with someone who's a stand-up <laughs> comedian and you're in the same room and they're smoking and drinking. Like, yeah. those are two totally different experiences. Well, and also I'm going to tell you something. Whether you realize it or not, because I'm not a female comedian, right? A lot of times people don't want to hear things a certain way from a woman, Hmm. they just don't, it's too harsh. And so it's an interesting dance because when you're a female comedian, you can say it, they're the ones, they're off the hook, they're allowed. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, it's like, whoa, whoa. And people would say, oh, well, that doesn't seem fair or whatever. It's like, I'm not, I I don't even talk about fairness. You just, you'd kind of know what is. So if I'm really trying to get to a point, sometimes if I know, if I, if I glide there versus cut there, I can get to the point, but I hear what you're saying. No, that's a great point though. Do, do you yeah, know what to- I mean? Totally, absolutely, yeah. Like think about- That's <laughs> not a perspective that we could say we relate with. We're not no, you can't because you're dudes. don't experience that, you know? Yeah, because guys go da 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 and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If a girl does that, you go, oh, whoa, you know? It's true. We're here but to change if that. To, if you, yeah. with your energy, explain that, that makes me perk up and listen and go, holy shit, yes. And if I didn't know that, I know it now and I'm excited to listen to it. There's not the like layer of like a facade to it that some yeah. some people have when they talk about it that make me go. Eh. Yeah, no, but it's true. I'm like, I'm sensitive to like sometimes. But even like you just getting meta, like even you just explaining that to us right now of like yeah. some people don't want to hear certain things come out of your mouth because you're a woman yeah. and it's a dance for you makes me interested and go, 
holy shit, let me hear what she has to say. Let's push those buttons. Let me see her, like what what kind of conversation is this without naming people or yeah. doing any, like. Well, I think for and, me too, and, it's, it's the end goal. Like I never go look at it and go, well, that doesn't seem fair and it shouldn't be like that. I'm past that. I'm interested in like, what am I trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And so what hat do I have to put on to do that mm. versus I'm going to buck the system. I feel like bucking the system is when you can be in there and have a voice in there and represent something, but it is a dance. Yeah. Cause you're not saying, you're not going, woe is me. You're also not going, but it's okay. No, you're I'm like, not saying no, that. Like how do I still. It is this, it's a maze that you're cutting yeah. through. How do you, what turns are you making? And people. I think that's something that can resonate with any yeah. men, and the, women. Any, it's any, biological. Yeah. I, I, people don't, everyone wants everything to be leveled off and fair and all this stuff. And there's just some biology shit that's floating out in the world. Don't ask me why. It is that way. Because the thing is, I experience it. I can hear something sometimes from like a certain person and a female or male. And sometimes it just, when it comes across so harsh from a female, um, unless she's like a, like a mother lifting a car that's on fire and then it's like everyone kind of fuck off. I, it's like very, it's just an interesting delivery system. So it's like trying to figure it out and already being naturally pretty direct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not like people go, Gabby's so sweet. And then they know how to take it. Yeah, I think, I, weird... think, I think what you said though is just spice, you know, like yeah. you, you follow your instinct and you do you. No, but, but I appreciate that. But it is something that has resonated with us that might be good. Oh yeah, believe me, I sit that. here with the gatekeeper on all day long. <laughs> what have other people <laughs> told you about the show? I think at some point this year, I don't like know. Whitney Cummings or someone said they really loved the bonus episodes, just you, like, because it felt natural has it does any yeah a lot of i think but people mm -hmm. are but i don't know if that's a real reflection of a, a big of who but mm -hmm. people will say that they like that kind of free floating because it's just conversational right what i do is i write down a few points that i know i'm going to try to visit and i just go i don't have anything set i don't stop i don't pause i don't do anything i just go because i'm trying to be really honest and that's the only way so uh yeah, I mean, those are, in a way, if I had, you know, framework on things to talk about, those are pretty easy for me. But then you always think, who the fuck's going to listen to this? Like, what is there? There's no back and forth. There's no, you know. But it's just trying to give a real intimate sort of perspective. There's no back and forth with Ubermans. He's there for I know, but he's just... Three. Just gunfire load Facts. data. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And, you know, he's paid, I mean, you know, his preparation must be insane. Oh, yeah. But there's a place for that, for not facts, but feeling. Like That's what resonates with me the most. Not science, buddy. Not science. Like, for example, like one yeah. of the questions we wanted to ask all, all, all four of us is what was the episode or a guest that was like our biggest takeaway or, you know, a favorite episode for me uh, was Simon Hill. And mm. what did it for me was not, all of the facts of why we should be eating plants and changing these things. It was his story about his dad having mm. a heart attack that resonated with me more than any of the dense information would ever resonate with me. And that, that was my biggest episode for, for, for this year. Cause that was such a relatable story. I've gone through similar things with my parents and, uh, mm. not, not a heart attack, but cancer and things like that, that'll make you wake the fuck up. Yeah. And, uh, that 
I related it to it so much and that I now everything I think about with food is like, I just need to be more plants. Plants is, yeah. plants is the answer. Plants and no yeah. Advil. That's my two biggest takeaways. Yeah. That big one about headaches. That's this guy. It's not me. It's me. <laughs> no, but we talked about like, if you played basketball, you were sore uh-huh. and you were right. That you take... And you said something about like, wasn't it? It's probably me. I, no, I, I feel like it was Karen. I, was like my, wasn't you? I don't take it. We're like, I have a he headache. And I was like, why it, do you have me. a headache? Yeah, it was, was me. It and, you? Then, and then we were like, we'll get to the root cause instead of the. Yeah, he's like, why take it? I have a headache. And I'm like, how about, isn't the beggar question? Why like, do you have a headache? Why are you dehydrated? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was prescribed Ambien when I was oh, in high nice. school. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do peppermint oil now for headaches. Lavender as well. Lavender as well. Yeah, yeah lavender I, is what I, sometimes um, maybe once a year I might get like, a, it's like a hormone headache. Hmm. It's a mother. And Laird is the one. He put the lavender a lot on my temples and then you put it on your feet. Really does help. Feet. Weirdly yeah. helps. Peppermint is like really, I'll do the lavender too, but peppermint's game yeah. changer for me. This podcast is brought to you by Ritual. I personally have been taking their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin since the pandemic began. I was just looking for a really great multivitamin, and I love the fact that it has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Because for me, if you're going to, and if I'm going to share it with you, put your resources, whether it's your time or money, towards something, you want to know, hey, Not only do they have best practices, but this is actually going to do something for me. And 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. It's hard to do. And I like to get as much as I can from my diet, but that is why I take a multivitamin. And Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. The other thing is they take nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. So I think one of the things is, is like, oh, is it an empty stomach? Is it a full stomach? Well, because they, the way that they've done these capital, capsules, it's dental on an empty stomach. And at the end, you get this nice little minty essence in every bottle. So for a lot of people, sometimes these are the things that keep them from taking multis and making it easy and being able to enjoy it, whether it's timing or I don't like the after burps. And the other thing about it is ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, and they are certified B Corp. And like I said earlier, everything is made traceable and they have a wonderful offer for you today. So all you have to do, you don't have any more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. You'll get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Gabby. If you want to start your ritual, or you can add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today, that's ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash Gabby for 25% off. This podcast is brought to you by Babbel. I don't know about you, but every time I travel, I kick myself that I haven't spent more time learning whatever language it is in the place that I'm visiting. It's like you want to connect with the people in a real way. Well, immersion, you know, that's the best way. But most of us can't move somewhere and, and you know live there and learn the language, even though that's number one. But number two is with Babbel. And the reason that is, is first of all, they have, it's really quick. They've got 10-minute lessons, and but they're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. But what I love about it 
is it's designed by real people for real conversations. It's like, listen, we all want to know, like, talk about food and directions and things like that. And Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. And that's the other thing I love is just combining that because you think, okay, maybe using a trip that you have planned or getting together with family somewhere, using that as your motivation to get going. And you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that maybe don't really even help you, you know, speak a new language. In fact, studies show, there was one study, they did studies at Yale, Michigan State, that Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours, that's nothing, is equivalent to a full semester at college. They've got over 16 million subscribers sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. So here's the incredible offer for a special limited-time deal for our listeners right now. You can get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash Gabby. So to get 50% off at babbel.com slash Gabby, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Gabby. Some rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, so what else do you guys want me to do? Uh, I have two things. One, I, I said my episode guest big takeaway. Oh yes, I want to hear everybody's big takeaway. Take Either away. a big, huge takeaway or a favorite I mean, a episode, small, a, a highlight. It doesn't have to be a crazy mm, thing or something that you like. Rick, learn that you do. You, you mm-hmm. know, Rick, Rick Urban. Yeah, for you, that was amazing. Just Why? how he views everything, and um, just his process. And I did not expect that. Like I knew who he was. I didn't know like him though. Mm-hmm. And then just like watching him talk and just go off was, I found that very interesting. Yeah. That was, that was a borderline stressful episode for me. The Rick Rubin, Stephen Mitchell one. Cause I was like, it's either going to like, yeah, just like let it go. It's either going to work or yeah. it's not. And I, I want, I saw it in my mind for so long, but I didn't, you know, know if we were going to be able to do it. And then, Basically, Stephen was as gracious as he could be and Laird muscled Rick to be here pretty much. Thank you, honey. And uh, I thought, I'm in over my head. They're going to talk about things. I, I'm there. I'm out of my depth, but I'll let them talk because I thought that would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was. I thought that worked brilliantly. Yeah, that one was good. A takeaway, weirdly, just from a superficial point of view, I will say that um, uh, Bickman... Mm-hmm. sort of really reminding us about glucose sensitivity over, excuse me, insulin sensitivity over glucose monitoring, understanding that the insulin system still is not a direct correlation. And so that kind of reminder about why it's so important to stay insulin sensitive was, he, I thought Bickman did a very good job of driving that home. Um, and, and weirdly, we're talking about quercetin earlier, just a small reminder of, of having something as part of your daily ritual that's good for you. I think that that was good. Another episode that I appreciated was the Simon Hill one mm-hmm. because I feel what it did for me was it encapsulated what I'm hoping to do, which is allowing conversation between people who have different points of view. I don't eat 
vegan or vegetarian, he does. And his allowance for, yeah, great. If you do, fine. Because that's what, if you ask me, one of the goals of the show is why is everyone complaining or trying to get everyone else to do it the way they do it? It's really about the idea of doing it the best way that you can, the way that is right for you and your physiology, and ultimately sort of sticking to real food. I mean, it simply the put. So I thought Simon was really good that way. That was a big overall take for me for this whole series, just that there's no right way. You have to figure it out yourself for you. And it could be a combination of things. Like if you have problems, it could be the food, it could be the exercise. Like that was probably the biggest thing that I've taken and just repeated to so many people and friends now of like, you can figure out all your problems. You just have to figure out what works for you. And that, that's been a huge thing for me. I, I, I was going to say Ben Bickman. Um, oh, sorry. I love, no, I just, I can echo that. He's, um, but uh, an obvious choice seemingly would be Burt Kreischer because I love that forward facing. He's a stand up comedian. His whole image is having fun. He puts out content that makes you laugh. But then I love how you handled it and how the discussion went of no, he is very structured and rigid and punitive and he parties hard, but that only means he works harder and mm -hmm. he will stay up late and party and then get up early before he does anything and work out and stuff like that is very inspiring for me to hear that. Um, you see people, you know, he, he, he's more on the celebrity end than the scientist end, but still just seeing like there's, there's structure in that and it's not always the, the front facing, like make you laugh. I'm living the best life ever. Like it's still, there's daily challenges to go through and there's steps to take. And, um, oh, I always really tell my that. girls, and what, you're funny. Whatever that you were, you were, you were able to have fun and be and be fun and funny. Oh, I'm in a really way funny. That, <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> a laugh a minute. No, but you know, to your point, I think, and I always tell my girls this: whatever you want to do, it's all going to take work. Period. So better love it. And like your example of Bert, I mean, I would imagine that stand-up comedians are some of the most disciplined people with the writing and practicing right. and rehearsing and going and doing, you know, night after night and working on material and working on jokes. And I think that that's the exciting part is that you can express that any way you want, but you're never going to get away from the work. You're just not. So what I'm hearing is you want to get into stand-up now? No. No? Nobody would pay work. for that, buddy. They'd be like... <laughs> uh, is there anything you want for your show? in the next year? Is there something you're looking forward to? Is there an ideal guest? Is there an ideal structure? Is there something you want to get better at? Something you want to ditch? I think I'm going to do better at asking, just asking the question. I won't try to set everyone up, make them feel good and rub their feet before I ask the question. I'll just ask it. And maybe that does remind me that Ultimately, I would still like to bring more of my real personality. You know, it's like a weird thing where I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. People who know me, it sounds like me for the most part. If you know me, this is kind of me. Um, it, it might be the more high polished me, but I think to do that more succinctly, more directly, and to try really hard what my hope is, and I don't have ideas. Uh, I have some guests that I would like is to be able to ask the questions I want because 
maybe I feel polite in a way. And I think besides the takeaways, it's like Huberman. I wanted Huberman for the new year. He's He was uh, busy. But ultimately, I want information from Huberman, real takeaways on health. But what I really want to know is, well, how are you handling getting attention now? Because I know that's a real thing. And so I think for me, it's just kind of always making sure that at least if you hear this show, if you heard that person interviewed 20 other times, that at least we we had the ability to do it a little bit differently. That's all. That's my hope is to continue to do that because it's like, who's the human behind the information? And Laird always tells me, don't kill the messenger. But I think there's something to be said for knowing a little bit about someone, especially if you're trying to follow their advice. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And not everyone's willing or has ever done that before, has ever given their personal side to what they're presenting, especially in the health science fields. And I still want a little bit. And it's like, but who are you? It's that mm-hmm. that kind of resonates with that joke of like you want your doctor to do everything naked so you can oh. see that it's Paul Chuck. that it's working for him. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. So I think I want to be uh, impose impose enough on people politely, but still impose on them mm-hmm. to say no. You got to cough it up too. Mm-hmm. Like we're all out here. Like you, I want to. I want you because I think that that actually ultimately can inspire someone more in the long run than the information and also trying to figure out, well, how are they doing it in their life or what is holding them back or what is the struggle? Um, Cause it's that soup that we're kind of all in. So if you ask me what I want to do, I want to do that more concisely, um, more thoroughly in my show. Right. And I want to take more real estate. I do. I want to take more real estate. I mean, I'm not, it's like, I loved volleyball and I played for fun as well, but of course you want to win. Right. And if winning in this game is getting more real estate, then that's what I want to do. Let's do it. So I have a couple of just random questions that I just want to ask you. Rapid fires. Here we go. Can I start with the rapid fire? Yeah. The oldest, the oils. Yeah. Uh, okay. The seed is oils? It, you, yes. Hard all seed, the seed oils. oils. Yeah. The hateful eight. Kate Shanahan. What about it? So I'd never even thought about it until you started talking about it. And now it's talked about on the show and bring it up on the show. And now I'm starting to think about it. Now I go to the grocery store and I look at the ingredients and I say, what's the first two ingredients? Canola oil, mm. fucking sapphire oil, mm-hmm. seed oil, it's sunflower everywhere. oil, avocado. And so now I'm like, we, my girlfriend and I make popcorn at least like three or four nights a week off over the stove. And we yeah. used to use canola oil. And I said, no, we need to switch to coconut oil. And she was yeah. like, it's not going to taste as good. And I was or like, olive oil. it's going to taste all right. Yeah. And it tastes awesome mm-hmm. and it's delicious and we love it. Now we use coconut oil. So seed oils are the bad oils, right? Mm-hmm. And that's... Because it's a harder process to get the oil from. Mm-hmm. So your body doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as easy for your body to manage because it's more processed. There were, took more processes to make it an oil where avocado, coconut, and olive come from the meat of the item. It's, but it tastes better. Is that why it's in every product? And it's cheap. And, it's and cheap. there's, and it's usually a byproduct something of something else. So if they had something else laying around, it was like, oh, now we have this oil that we can use and it's cheap. And, uh, and yeah, it probably, and some of it probably does taste better, you know, certainly, but it's, it's tough on you. 
it's tough on the inflammation, metabolic function. It gets in the way. And if it's an everyday thing that you're eating, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Nut, nut oils are good. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, is that, you know, it's so really the only, it's like, what do you have? Walnut oil, pumpkin seed oil, mm -hmm. grape seed oil, but grape seed oil might be good for your skin. I don't really think you should eat it. So it's the stuff from the meat, olives, coconut, flesh, avocado. And then there could be some debate around red palm oil from red palm meat from the flesh not from the seed, but I, I have a tendency to stay away from that because the education on that is a little deeper, right? So it's just keeping it really simple. And everything else should start to be on a list of avoid. Safflower, when you can. sunflower, grape seed, rape seed. Canola, canola cotton seed. Cotton seed. Mm -hmm. And if Vegetable. you go to the grocery store and look at every single chip, every single bag, every single Dude. dressing, every it's, it's literally the, one of the first three. Always. It and is. It's like, oh, I know. I need to completely. It's a bummer. Prioritize and reorganize. And then the flip side of that is if you cook a lot at home and you're eating mm -hmm. the good stuff at home and you do the thing and you go out, it's okay. But by the way, when we go to a restaurant, you're eating that stuff. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Pretty much. You can't get out of that. Pretty much. I mean, Air One actually doesn't prepare any of their cooked foods with any of the other oils. Mm -hmm. So that's, but who, who goes to Air One? and whatever, but, um, then you just don't worry. And that's the other side of it. Don't worry about it. Like, don't get all psycho and neurotic because that stress is worse than whatever you were going to consume. Right. So when you can control it, do it. So don't buy it and bring it home. And then when you go in the restaurant, understand what's happening. That's all. Don't kid yourself. And remind me again, it's bad for your microbiome, bad for it wreaks havoc on your health, system because of for yeah, microbiome, <laughs> your metabolic function because it creates inflammation. Mm. It creates and, inflammation. Correct. And in the your other, gut, which then translates everywhere. Yeah. It starts there and, and, and does other things as well. I think the thing too is, you know, I have friends who talk about transmuting things like, uh, you know, pray above your water where you just go, hey, not, you know, this isn't going to hurt me. And I think there's something to be said for that. Not every day, three meals a deal, day, like, oh, this chili dog, uh, you know, is going to, oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sometimes when we're out, it's just being like, hey, I'm, I feel blessed that I have food and I'm going to eat the food and hope it blesses my body. Mm -hmm. So I think also there's another element sometimes when we're looking at health and sort of bringing an attitude of, okay, I understand what this is and I'm grateful for what it is. And maybe I can get the best thing out of it. It's it's like a it's like when people say a blessing before they, hey, thanks for the food. Yeah, you know, that's great. I mean, holy water gets blessed, and there is science that talks about people taking a, a bit of it from one thing container and putting it to other water, and it positively impacts the other water. So vibration and feeling and emotion and all these things, and now we're a little woohoo, but it's real. Mm -hmm. So it's like entering into the world with the right, you know, kind of intention and thinking that what you're doing has the right intention for you. You're probably going to come away with something better, but you have to pay attention. That's the thing. Lurt wants to make sure it's, no one's paying attention. 
to all the little things, even just for a moment. We're all just ripping through life. And I think we just need to pay attention. And even though we have to move quickly, how do we slow our minds down enough to pay attention to be like, okay, I'm going to drink this water. But then that's interesting because then you, when you become present and start to pay attention, then your mind starts to probably go faster because you're now silent. You're quieting everything else, Mm. like meditating. Like when you first start to sit down and meditate, you're quieting everything, but that's when everything starts to get really loud because you're starting to notice everything and starting to. Yeah. Well, and it's also (laughs) the forces that be, it's coming to get you. You try to Mm. be healthy. The forces that be, they're coming for you. Like it's the way it is. (laughs) We joke. I always joke with my male guy friends that they're like, like, if you want to meet a girl, just say you're celibate. I'm just waiting for someone special. I go, forget it. Like it is the way life is. Hey, I'm trying not to eat this or that. The other force in the world is coming for you. So it's Mm -hmm. not, it's also about just saying like, of course, this is the natural tension. It goes back to the tension. And um, if we sit on a fence, we're good because nothing's, you know, going either way. The more we're going to try to do one thing, the more something else will happen. And that's where the education is. Those are the lessons like, oh, I see now I'm trying to be quiet or this, I'm trying to do this or that. And now this other energy is coming for me. No problem. It's, it, it's, it fits supposed to be that way. Everyone freaks out or like whatever. It's like, it's like when you're sitting in bed and you want to, you know, you're not getting your sleep and you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to sleep and then I'm not going to recover. And then I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to be tired. It's like, holy shit, just chill out. It'll, it's going to happen. It's all going to happen. It was me last night. <laughs> and then I got to be with Gabby and then, oh my God. <laughs> I hate that when I have like a 5 a.m. like departure for a flight and then the whole night you're like, is it time? Is it time? Yeah. 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 And that's life. Yeah. You know? Um, okay. Speaking of nighttime and mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. I'm curious about what your sleep routine or habits were in your late twenties, early thirties, about, about my age. Like you have your, was, is it similar to your sleep routine now? Did you have it locked back then and it stayed consistent or has it changed or when did you really lock in your sleep routine? I'm finding that my sleep is something I need to focus on. Yeah. But you do music at night and you stay up late. That's a problem. And you drink alcohol, which is disruptive to your sleep. So, I mean, for you, if your lifestyle is that, then how within that can you do your best? So that means the alcohol, if you're going to stay up late and be up, then you accept that. But you don't have to drink the alcohol. And maybe you save it special for a certain place or celebratory show or something. Right. How do you have something else if you're willing? Otherwise, don't even start the conversation. No, totally. Personally, yeah, willing. I already want to cut out a ton of the alcohol. Yeah. Not that I drink a lot, but enough for it to affect me for sure. You know, it's like, do you remember Frank Zumo? Yeah. Saying like, oh, it was three, Mm -hmm. it was two drinks a night. Mm -hmm. It was five shows a week. It was, oh, it's okay. It's 10 and then it's 40 a month or whatever. So I think it's control what you can. So if you're going to, your group's playing, your band's playing at night, that's when you're playing. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Okay. So the alcohol and try not to eat. That's a big one for me too. Early. I get so hungry at night. It's so hard to say no. Yeah. So that's, those are the things. So, and then if you are going to eat, what are you going to eat? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to serve you typically. So I think it's it's sort of that. But me, my sleep, my 20s, I was tired a lot. I was training all the time. I went to bed pretty early, not as early as I do now. I probably went to bed more like 10, 30, 11. Laird's always gone to bed early because surfers typically get up early, mm-hmm. obnoxiously early, like they're <laughs> in the dark. Um, so I've lived with Laird since I was in my mid-20s. I've I've had that force next to me for that long. Going to bed? When are you going to bed? I'm going to go to bed. I'm going up to my pillow. He even has a whole thing. All right, I'm going up. It's like a whole, it's like an announcement. Everyone goes, oh, you're going up? Everyone's going up, you know? (laughs) And then um, I've never been a good sleeper. Mm -hmm. I'm still not a good sleeper. I do all my worrying, all my organizing, all my list making in the night. So I relate to that. Yeah. So I still deal with that. And then if I have a kid out, I won't be asleep until the kid gets home. And believe me, their curfew is not 930. (laughs) I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) So this is it. We try. We're never going to get it perfect, even when we know. And even I'm in bed. I'm not in a band, band, right? So I'm doing the best I can. And Mm -hmm. all the other things I'm doing are supporting me. Still don't have it right. Uh, so I had it pretty locked in. So obviously no, uh, so the alcohol's tough on you. Nobody loves to hear that one. Everyone's like, boo. And then, uh, caffeine typically past 2 PM is not great for people. It really starts to uptick in a disruption to the sleep. So I do have this thing called, um, pro endorphin that I take occasionally that, uh, is basically a niacin kind of formula. It's, uh, by a company, I don't know. If you look up Pro Endorphin, you'll find the company, uh, Nutraceutics. And it's a little packet that gives me a 90-minute boost. You put it in water, Mm. but it won't mess up my sleep. Love it. It's not caffeine. It's something else. It's niacin. It gives you like a blood push. Interesting. And you literally are like, let's go. So let's say I didn't get to train or I've got to do something and it's five o'clock. I'm not going to have caffeine. I'm not going to have coffee. I'm dead. I'll be dead. I'll be up you know, cleaning yeah. closets or something. So that's a, that's a good one. I'll definitely check that out. Cause I, I'm notorious for drinking coffee till 5 PM, yeah, no. 6 PM. Yeah. No, try it. Pro endorphin. Yeah, I will for sure. Pro endorphin. Niacin. Yeah. And it's by Nutraceutics. Mm-hmm. You can get it online. It's badass. They come in little packets. You put it in your water. Maybe you need two. So you have one and then you go oh, back down, maybe get another. It's interesting. Yeah. I'll yeah. Check that out. It's a good one. 5 PM anytime. Yeah. I mean, not like, hey, I do it and hit the hay. It's like, does it feel like know. a pre workout? Is it similar to that? It just, you feel alert and awake uh, that's exactly and energized. What I need. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else? Make it happen. No, for real. Um, <laughs> giving the rep fires. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly wanted to sit on this sleep habits conversation for a second because it resonated with me. Um, I have a partner. Yeah. We, we sleep together. And mm-hmm. this last year, I was a 5 a.m. person. I started a job that yeah. made me wake up at five. So that made me start going to bed at nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And sure, life didn't change other than my life changing and affecting hers. But she would, you know, had social engagements till 11 p.m. midnight. She works in production in LA. So she, her, her work doesn't start till 10. So, I mean, pre my 5 a.m., we were kind of on the same, same sleep schedule. Um, 5 a.m. starts for me. You, there's no other choice. You have to go to, you have to be in bed by nine if you yeah. want to stay healthy in yeah, the long term. Yeah. Um, but that frequently our 
relationship was strained because that would make our 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 whole schedules clash where she would have to stay out and I wouldn't like that and I would be up no matter if, if I was in bed, if I was tired. Mm-hmm. Um, she did like kind of shift her schedule. She, she, she was getting up at, at six or seven at times and so she'd be, be in bed by 10. But mm-hmm. I, I like, I don't know if you can speak to like how, how your sleep relationship oh. together has shaped and formed and highs and low moments in I've that. submitted, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and also it's this, who's kind of more right in this way? Like if I'm like, uh, if, if Laird's saying, let's, you know, what he's saying is let's get to bed. In the end game, he's more right. It's a supportive message for the greater good, for me as an individual, for the household, for us as a couple. So it's like yield to it. I don't need to stand on it because I like to stay up and watch something else. It's like, he's right, go to bed. So I think it's it's a conversation and a compromise. But here's the thing, the person who's going to kind of shift is the one who's got to do it. Can't be asked. If he's asking me to go to bed, I'm like, yeah, don't ask. Like I, nobody wants to be told what to do. And so you put all this stress and tension around it. That's what you you can't do. It's like, hey, you know what? Cool. I'll see you. Because what happens is, is when we don't make the demand, but we, and you're not doing, you had no choice. The other person's like, Hey, I love them. I want to be around them more, like even time for sex or energy and all this stuff. That's part of the deal is they, they'll make the change. And if they don't, then they're not your partner, but we can't ask that. If Larry was like, I'm like, it's like, I had, I, you're not my dad. I don't need a bedtime. <laughs> right. So you can't do that. Mm. But if you're sort of on the side of like, this is kind of reasonable people, the other person will shift. Never as quickly as we want. And they may not even be like, okay, I see what you're saying, but it'll happen. It does happen. You've talked about it recently. Like you've started to go to bed earlier is one thing you did this year. Is that just by the nature of the routine? Is that something that was a conscious choice it, it just started Crazy. happening more naturally. And I, mm. and I started to just be conscious in the beginning of like, he's right. Why, why am I staying up? And then what happens is your body then gets accustomed to going to bed around the same time. And so I just started going to bed earlier. And at first I was like a little bit begrudging, like, oh, so stupid. Like, why are we going to bed? You know? And then you're just like, yeah, I feel better. Because especially for a person who doesn't sleep great, that gave me a little more time to try to get those hours. Because I go to sleep. I just don't stay asleep. So it would give me at least if I was going to bed now at nine, if I was waking up at two, at least already I got a solid five hours versus like 11 and two. So it's a little bit of that too, but your body gets used to it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what we think we're missing when we stay up. But again, it's, it's a time in life. Habits have to do with it too. Like it's not for me personally, it's not anything I'm missing. It's like, I just can't set the phone down or. When I do, I find something else to pick up before I can finally sit down and go to sleep. Well, being with ourselves and being quiet, there is nothing harder. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get up in there, up in my brain. Like, whoa, let's get some distraction. It's the hardest thing for all of us. It is, truly. And then there's something really beautiful when you, you have a relationship with that with not having the impulse to grab something or be distracted or see something. There's something really beautiful with the stillness. And, um, and then you can look forward, not only look forward to it, but 
observe yourself within it, your thoughts and your feelings, because that's where we get down into what's going on with us. And that's why we're looking for distraction because who the hell wants to know that, right? Mm-hmm. Be scary. That's scary sometimes. I, you know. More often than not, on the end of that process, I, I like that process. I, I enjoy the self-reflection. Yeah. To me, it's like, I think I'm just so accustomed to addictions and distractions and pings and lights and, Who isn't? Know. And that's the thing when it's happening, go, oh, there, I see it. Mm-hmm. And not be like, oh, what the hell? Just... Oh yeah, of course that's happening. And you know what? Today I'm going to choose, make a different choice. And that's why it's that grace because when we add more resistance, oh God, why do I need you? Now you're in that. Mm -hmm. It's a colossal waste of time instead of like, oh yeah, of course. That thing is fun and there's a lot on there and there's stuff to see. And I'm going to make a different choice. And right before bed is when it all comes to a head. Pretty much, right? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> most of you're the, telling me, man. the goal setting for the day is done. You're yeah. by yourself. You're getting ready to, you know, or do it outside the room. Like, if you have a place like yeah. you sit at a desk or something, mm-hmm. then make yourself do it there. Because then you go, okay, that is for that. And then when I go to bed, my bed is for reading a book or going to sleep. That mm-hmm. that is a great goal to have. Yeah, because I can see the benefits, but I already know how hard and difficult that'll be for me because I'm so accustomed to phone in the bed and it's just the yeah. discipline behind I know that you said one of your goals was no phone in the bed at all whatsoever right yeah when you said For that I was like I can't yeah. even imagine a world like that well it's it's the trade-off you have to see the value of trading off for that. Right. And once we can understand that it's like when we were talking about with your parents what am I going to do instead of so I need something else mm-hmm. and then also I have to be I have to be, I have to buy in to why that's good. And usually if you feel more rested and then all of a sudden you have more energy to train and all of a sudden you look in the mirror, you think, shit, I'm looking pretty good. There you go. But you need that time. I need to get to that side so I can. Yeah. But that's it. (laughs) Setting up like your future self for success is what I think about. It's like gamifying, like how I can look out for future cam. And it's like, if I want to make sure I'm going to drink water, I like fill up a glass of water or a bottle of water and put it by my bed or in the bathroom or like somewhere I know I'm going to be. So I go and I like consciously drink that. Or if I want to get sunlight in the morning, I've like, I've put my clothes outside before in a bag or like my <laughs> shoes outside. So I make sure I go outside to get that shit. It's weird, but like, that's like, yeah, but whatever it takes, yeah, whatever yeah, it takes yeah. to like yeah. get Maybe it I need to, to get a little start bit more it. Hardcore it's, from, like yeah, it's like atomic habits. It's like yeah, looking, right. it's like setting the things for your future self. And it works in reverse. Like you don't want to eat Pop-Tarts, don't buy the Pop-Tarts. Walk yeah. by the Pop-Tarts. Just don't buy them because then they're going to be in your house and then you're going to eat them. And also I don't want to pay that price. put them in the freezer so you don't want to eat them because they're frozen. Or something. You don't want to pay the that The battle price. is with present Tristan. He, he's, future no. Tristan needs to beat Think present about future Tristan. Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> Think, Think about your parents. Yeah, that's really where, that's where it's boom. That's what does it. Because we all have the chance. You know, we hear, you talk about epigenetics and stuff on this show all the time. Pull the levers. Pull your own levers. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, because if I just took from what my parents gave me, I'd have a really different life. So how much are you excited and interested about that life that you're building? And what levers do you want to pull? But then again, it goes back to the work. Just the way it is. And yeah. once we get kind of grown up and matter of fact about like kind of sucks, then it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's like training. Well, it's hard. No shit. Okay, moving on. 
Like I don't go into the gym thinking this is going to be super fun today. It's like, yeah, it's going to be hard. We know that. I think that's also part of being an adult. Part of being an adult is like, I kind of don't want to, but I see the real long-term value. So I will. Mm -hmm. And it, or being a grown up, because you could have a 16 year old that's acting like a grown up. So I'm not putting a number on it. It's just that clear relationship with like, but what I want is so much more interesting and dynamic and good for me. And then this instant gratification. Here. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what else. You have any other rapid fires? Um, this is just something I've been curious about you personally. You can totally say I don't want to talk <laughs> wow. about it. Wow. Nice oh. Well, it's not super personal. It's yeah. very, oh. I'm just curious if your take on uh, investing, if you have investments oh. or financial investing or project investing, people investing. Totally can say fuck this topic. Oh, no, and, no. Uh, I, 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 I haven't I, heard you speak about it a lot. I'm just curious. Your, yeah. Your I, you know, it's funny. Lerd and I talk about like, I'm not a big fan of for, uh, now for obvious reasons about being beholden to the market. I've had friends, I watch them read the paper or watch, you know, and see the market and then their whole day is shot. Mm -hmm. So investing in people or ideas that you believe in, being an entrepreneur. But as I go, what I would say is as long as you can afford to lose whatever it is that you're investing in, perfect. And typically investing in things only to make money, I understand that in theory, but if it's not something you actually believe in, I personally would have a hard time with that. However, that's probably why I'm not a billionaire because I think in order to really, uh, for most, in most cases, to really be highly successful, you just have to be about the numbers. Um, Ruthless. So yeah. Uh, but for me personally, it would be something I have to either use or believe in or the person I'd have to be willing to never see that money again. And then if you're starting a new business, what I would say is typically, even though it's stressful, it's better in the long run, probably not to use your own money. Um, but now you're a will answer to people. So if you fail, you will let down other people. And that's, that one sucks too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I like it, but I'm, I'm into earning. That's my whole th mindset. Like, I mean, listen, we own a lot of layered superfood and stuff, but I'm still of the earning mentality. Mm -hmm. How do I earn? Um, because once you do that, then you're kind of, I think free. Cause you're not waiting for something to happen or going to sell this or da da da. It's like, no, I'm earning. Right. And so when other bigger things happen or occur, that's like, oh, cool bonus but it can't be reliant upon because that energy, I don't think breeds for success. It doesn't mean you're not all in because that's different. You have to be all in for everything to be successful. So if it's your business, you better be all in, mm -hmm. but it's, especially if you're looking for investors, the other part of that is that reek of desperation. So it's a, it's a fine line of like, I'm all in, but I will find a way. Um, Cause it's like asking someone out. Right. It doesn't, it never smells good. Even if you're exactly right. Like you have the best idea. It's all, it's the right time in the market and all these things. If it reeks of that, you, I think you'll get leveraged. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, a mix. But for me, I'm an earner. I'm into like building and working. Not like, well, I hope that thing goes off. Right. I think that can stem to being a businesswoman from starting companies to where you are now. Was it something you sought out? Did you think about, I want to own a business? And then how have you grown into functioning as a, as a businesswoman with other people involved with investors going public? 
Oh, try dealing right. with the board. It's really Boards. fun. It's like, you know, I, I felt, I don't want to say I fell into it, but let's say in my twenties, when I was being an athlete, you sort of really realized quickly like, Oh wait, there's a, there's a fine, there's a, like an, like a real timeline on this, a finite period of time. We're going to do this. So what am I going to do that I own that it doesn't actually matter what I look like? There's always that. And if I can jump. So I think it, then it's just like putting it out into the universe. Like, I think I need something else and I'm interested in things. So then the opportunities show up. So it was sort of maybe knowing before it was going to be businesses, knowing, oh, I, I'm going to need other things to, to feel not productive, but to feel like I'm not at the mercy of a, of a company's whim. And so that did show up as businesses. Some failed, some succeeded. Um, and then you realize, oh, now I will need people who do this very specifically. So for example, the person who co-founded Laird Superfood with us is a tr is a real entrepreneur. Once the company went public, we have a new CEO. And so that's because that's what he does. And you want that skill set. It is a skill set that I, in my lifetime, I would not get. So the other thing is also knowing where's your lane. Mm -hmm. um, and it's tricky when it's a business of your own that also has someone on the packaging that you love that you sort of say, oh, well, they represent this. It's knowing how to kind of keep that in there and letting people do what they really need to do so the thing can be successful. And also knowing that like people come and go. The group that came, that started when you were a small company, none of those original people are there. All of that is really hard and an interesting lesson. And it's certainly not, it's not thinking you know more than you know. Because doing grown-up business, there's a lot of moving parts. And I don't want to know that stuff. I want to be also creating and doing other things that then in, inadvertently bring real value to the businesses I'm doing the way that I can. But if I, it's like all of a sudden, well, I'm not interested in being a CFO or a CEO because you can have it. It's brutal. Is there a tidbits you would teach or tell someone starting their business? If, whether it's they just... Get mentors. Mm -hmm. Get mentors. Ask people. They will tell you everything. Don't take, you don't have to take everyone's advice, but hear it. And if the same thing keeps showing up like three or four times, like, hey, don't do this or try this, just pay attention to that because it might save you a lot of time because people know. I even laugh like our older friends that we were like, oh, we're going public. Oh, they, they, half of them rolled their eyes because I think they know how hard it is. And we're, and based on we're a CPG product versus like a tech company, I think they know the difference of being public versus being private and all that stuff. So get a mentor in the field that you're interested in. Be willing also to work for people in that way, like shadow them and stuff and do stuff for free. And if there's a company that you really love or you see something done, reach out, call them. You'd be surprised who you can reach out and c connect with. And I'm not just saying like I call and, you know, I'm saying like really people are really willing to help you. And it might be so easy for them because they have so much experience compared to you. But try not to do it blindly and then simultaneously keep listening to your own instinct and your own vision because it's, if it's your project. But business as it grows is brutal. Yeah. The, the fantasy of smaller business is so much more fun and whimsical and like, oh, we're in these markets and we do this or whatever. And then when you start getting into bigger business, it's pretty brutal. Uh, that kind of, yeah, ties to something I wanted to ask, at least for Tristan and I, this past year and a half, two years, our business has, <laughs> for the better, 
gotten really busy and taken mm-hmm. off and we worked on a lot of things, but that came with a sacrifice. I mean, it's just at an individual level. We don't have investors, not, there's not, but I mean, lifestyle choices get harder. Working out gets harder. Mm-hmm. Relationships get harder. Is that something you can speak to? Like you're in that this? window. That's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. And for me to bullshit and be like, oh, you know, you got to find time to train. It's like, it's unrealistic. But what you have to realize is where are your leaks? Because we all have time leaks. Where are they? Minimize those. And in lieu of those, see if you can put a habit in there that will support you for the long run. Because you do have time leaks. I don't give a shit what anyone tells me. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's like, mm-hmm. I could follow you for a day and I could get you an extra 30 minutes. So it's like, how much does it mean to you? And I wouldn't sacrifice my whole life for the growth, but that level of dedication on some level is what it takes. So whatever part you're going to be with is going to also understand that or they're not, and they're not going to be around. And you really being tough on yourself about if my enjoyment is actually now, enjoyment time is now actually after going to be my exercise time. It's, it's that way. When you say we're in the window, what do you mean by that? You're young men. That's what you're doing right now. You're building for future selves. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. It's a, it's a dog well, fight. That's refreshing to hear too, because it's like, that's what we're trying to do. So to hear that that is, that that's the process. It's nice to it's what it be. is. I can that. see that window as like neither of us have kids, have a mortgage, exactly. have investors, have like right. real stuff like we're beholden to other than the creative deadlines or, or the project like production. It's exactly um, right. So I could foresee it like taking that next. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And these seasons of life mm-hmm. and knowing like, oh, it's time to put our foot on the gas. But don't let the wheels come off the bus. That's the thing. So how do you kind of keep it on the road? Doesn't mean like, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life and start a new business. Probably not going to happen. However, button up. Where are you? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, get rid of that. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the difference between people who pull it and don't. You see them. And people are dead serious and, you know, on the line. Everything has to kind of feed into that. Like I said, even your partner has to be like, I get it. I know mm-hmm. what you're doing. I honor that. That's what you do. And if people can't, you'll be like, you got to go. That's a ruthless process on its own too. But when you find the right person, it's easy. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you find the right person, that's like, oh, I see you. And I appreciate that you have a dream and you're trying to make it happen. That's your person. Like I heard that investing too. Like people go, there was a woman early on my show who was like, you know, you go and you pitch and you pitch and you pitch. That's just not your group. Cause then you'll pitch to someone they go, oh, I see that idea. I get it. It's belief in that. That's a good way to put it. Your, the show is considered a health and wellness show. Oh yeah. What is, what's <laughs> your thoughts on that health and wellness space, the industry? I don't even feel like I'm part of health and wellness because typically it's like eat this or do that and move like this and it'll all work out. It doesn't work out. So I think that's a little bit of a short message or a incomplete message. I get it. And it's easy. Like check me out, look at my abs. It's perfect. I get it. 
Um, how am I going to get you to do this for 50, 40, 50 years? How am I going to encourage you to have that attitude bleed into all areas of your life? Not like drink this or, you know, but that's, but that's a hard message to sell. So I, I think, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes health and fitness is a, it's an unfair thing that we're selling to people because they think if I just do those couple things, it'll all be dialed in and it's not. And it, and it's, it's ongoing. It is ongoing years and years and years. That's what I'm interested in. How do we get you into the frame of mind where you're like, this is a part of my life, all of this, not I have this big shake and some dumbbells. So it just doesn't really, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's shallow, but how much time do brands have to educate people or connect with them? I get it. But unfortunately, we're talking about their kind of their wellness. So I feel a part of it. Obviously, I I think it's interesting for me always to like people are like almost view Laird and I like we're meatheads a little bit and I'm like huh so funny that's so that's ironic because arguably you're the ones that put most of it into practice on a daily basis so you're not you're not Uh, (laughs) technically selling something every day no but you just are the example by working out what did I, who, someone was, someone was on Tim Ferriss and he was talking about authenticity is terrible words about consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Again. And I mean, at this point, and even if Laird and I were not together, it is easier because we're together. We've got a built-in system. But even if we, if we were separated, we would still live the way we live. It's, I don't want to sell you anything. I want to have a, I want to have a conversation. I want to share what I've, seen or discovered or works for me. And then I want to, I want to, if I can be one of many things that impacts you to move in that direction. Perfect. And like I said, it's not that I have it figured out. I don't, I don't have anything figured out, but I have it more figured out. So it's not about me, but yeah, no, it is interesting when people think, oh, like your guys are into sports. It's like, yeah, sure. It's, you only could do that for so many hours a day. There's a lot of life. And I want to live it. You know, Laird wants to play and be on waves and be with his family. Nothing else makes sense to him. And I use him as a tether to like keeping it simple. But, you know, there's a lot of details and laundry and bills and flights and insurance and relationships and trying to maintain the friendships and family and kids and your personal life and your sex life and oh fuck aging and look in the mirror. It's like, you know, there's a lot. And I spend a lot more time on that stuff than I do working out. So, I mean, health and wellness, you know what? It could be a good starting point. Let's say someone's really behind and they need to start. Great. I want to go to the next tier, which is someone's kind of decided it's important. All right, now let's go. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm into. Yeah, you said it, like giving them the frame of mind so they're thinking about it when they yeah. wake up and throughout the day and, okay, what am I eating here? Okay. Well, it's not a separated out? part of their life, like going to the movies. It is a part one of the things I do is I try to eat a certain way and I seem to move my body every week. Not like, well, if I get time, I mean, are we not past that yet? 
it's just like, it's inevitable. Mm. And if people can't get there or not, I don't, it's, it's not a, I don't look at it as bad. It's like, okay, how do we figure out how to get them to decide? And by the way, this could annoy a lot of people because they might go, I don't want to decide. I don't, you know, it's like, so I'm not going to get into any of that. It's just, I just haven't seen, it's like, what do they say? Have you ever seen a really like large 90 year old person? Probably not. I think I was listening to like Rogan and they're like, have you ever seen like a really obese 90 year old person? And I'm just like here, like I look at it as like, we're all here together, like brothers and sisters kind of. It's like, how do we elevate? And this is one of the ways that I feel like I can be like, hey, I, I, I kind of can talk about this stuff or I'm interested in enough to talk about it. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. I don't care. I really don't. I don't even want to tell my kids what to do. Tell you, I really don't. I'm not interested. I can barely control myself. It's like, but I am interested, but let's not bullshit. Let's not act like it's not important because it is. Just makes it easier. I mean, it's, I've said this a lot. It is the armor to manage all that people have to manage. I have it easy. There are people who have to deal with so many things. How do we support them? How do we armor them up to go? When I drive my car in PCH and I see like a lady who's just finished a full day of work sitting in a bus stop, yo, it's like, I have it easy. So, you know, I'm clear with it. I did an interview recently and the lady's like, well, you're very strong. You're this. I go, my whole life was set up for that since I was 17 years old lift weights, compete, try to eat a certain way. My whole life has been set up since I was a young adult to be strong. How do we get the information to the people that they're not getting that support? That's interesting to me. That's health and wellness. Not like, oh, you're an athlete. You're so strong. Okay. That's great. Have you met my nine trainers? It's like, give me a break. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like funny to me. I've gone past this circle of that and being like distracted by what that is. But that's why I think it's important. That's great. Do you have any others? I have just the last potential section. Back to the investing thing. Just what's your take on crypto? If you have one. I don't. I'm scared of crypto. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> He's got the hat. I'm scared of all no, of I'm it. I'm curious. I mean, I've, 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 you know, I was going to, we were doing, going to do NFTs and everything for Laird. And I was working with a friend of mine and I actually... Oh, there's a whole other thing. But I have a friend who has a, you know, Boonji yeah. and then everything went down. But what I said is I'm going to move into that space because now that it's down, I want it to be like, it's not a money grab that I want. If you're saying to me, hey, this is going to exist and people are going to connect here, then I'm like, cool, I want to go there and I want to figure out ways I can reward you for being healthier by using Laird Superfood, by using Laird Apparel, by using XPT, by using all these brands we have that we can create, quote, a club. And what can I give you? And what can I... So I am going to this year be doing that. Obviously, it's a bit of a shift from last year, but it's like, no, I'm going to do that because wherever we can connect with people, I want to try. And just because I'm, you know, old doesn't mean I don't want to try there because it's also, I can figure out when they talk about utilities and all that, fine, I have stuff to give you. I know how to, I've taught more. I, you know, we do gatherings, like whatever, we, we, we're ready to go. 
So I want to figure that out for real. That's exciting. And if they do it with crypto, fine, but I'm scared of crypto. Fair enough. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not that smart. Yeah. And it's not intuitive to me. So I'm not even going to pretend. I'd need somebody, you know, I need a 16 year old to be like, so listen, this is what's happening. I'll be like, perfect. Or you guys. It's him for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not either. Do That's... you know what I mean? Like I see it and I just go, ha ha, I'm not even going to pretend to be like, oh, da, 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 da. You know? it's like, <laughs> shut up, Gab. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm, I'm interested in doing. Cause if they're talking about, you know, you know, web two or whatever, that's where people are going to go. And it is kind of interesting. How am I going to get you to go online to move? But, but it's new languages. Yeah. Fine. I'm open to learning the language because some parts of that language won't be different. We still have to eat a certain way and move. For sure. So how do I learn how to do that over there too? I'm willing. Because we have stuff to give. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We can do it. I'm excited to see what happens with that. I can see Laird. He'll be like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and if what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What'd you say to me? Fungus, no. not non-fungus. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're doing an experiment that wasn't my idea. On this, I will say I am the obliging puppet. Is that we're gonna we're going to take highlights and tidbits and some of our favorite go-tos, whether it's in the pocket of nutrition, movement, let's say self okay, let's just say mental health and sort of self-empowerment and being natural. Like just, you know, go outside, look at the sun, move around without weights and dumbbells. So, you know, all of the things that um, we've liked from different people that have come on the show and we're going to present them in short, quick invitations for people to try and incorporate into their day and week. Beautiful. Is, uh, kiss. is is Bert's um, alcohol brings the pixie dust one of the uh, experiments? <laughs> no, Bert's was, uh, <laughs> we should have done Bert's for like, try something new, like just do it. Like, don't worry about sucking. I, th- I thought oh, that yeah, was yeah, important. You're, you're going to yeah. be horrible. Just do it. For a while. What do you think? Let it suck. Let it suck. Let it suck. Say, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like, I told my, one of my daughters, she was complaining about some very weird small thing. And I go, there's 8 billion people on the planet. Like, nobody cares. Like, let's go. Like, just do it. Whatever it is. Don't worry about it. Eight billion. See, that's the other thing the internet's done. It's made all of us live in a bubble. And we think our bubble's so important. It's not. We're all going to die. Yeah. Well, that's Tristan's new nihilistic thing saying. <laughs> but, just, whenever there's an issue, ah, it doesn't matter anyway. We're all going to die. But it's true. The sun's going to supernova. I think why Joe Rogan is so successful besides that, okay, yes, he started early for the sake of just doing it. Two, yes, he is smart. He's a smart person. Is there's a part of him that's just doing it to do it. And that's, I think, why he was so successful. It wasn't like an angle and like, well, I'll get strategy and all this. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the way it feels good. And he also is the right person, right? Because he's a he is a, a man. He is a comedian. He has a fighting background. So there's sort of this weird hodgepodge of like weird edges. And he has a family. And he's bright. And he's good hearted. 
when you really peel it back, you've got somebody who's good hearted. So it's like, you go, Hey, listen, at the end of like all these silly jokes behind that is somebody really who's like, Hey, let's try. And the, and for me, I think that that's, so when we talk about like strategies for the year and this and that, I just think I need to show up and try to keep doing a good job mm-hmm. and see what happens. Cause I have found in my life that when I start that way, I'm usually more successful instead of, I mean, I do want to kick ass and take more real estate, which I do. But conversely, if I back it into what can I do right now to be better at it? Um, there's other people who can be strategic around it. That shouldn't be me. That's what we're here for. Exactly. Let's go get strategic. No, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm kidding. But I think in mm-hmm. a way it's, right. it's keeping that staying clear. What else? I'm good. Anything? Justin? Justin? Let's do it. <laughs> and sometimes I worry that I'm getting, I'm getting too old. <laughs> Honestly, like guys and like it, you it, won't it, relate it, to me because I'm it, too old. Yeah, in what no. way? Just the relatability. Is no, that I'm not the fear? looking for no or no. You look skinny in those jeans. I'm saying it truthfully. Like, well, no. In every episode, um, every show that I've been here for, it, it's always like, okay, you're going to go off and talk about extreme sports and performance and all these. No, but stuff I'm, that I'm I know being, I should be doing. But no, I actually do take away. There's usually little bits and pieces, and I'm like, okay, for a non-sporty type. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I do find it very helpful. But I am being honest. There are times where I'm like, oh shit, I might age out of this job. And and what do you mean by that? Like there's the fear that the information you want to give people no longer holds value or it's the the way they're interpreting the information Mm. or how you're giving it because you're you're too far, too too old. Yeah, too far into the journey to to go back enough to make it relevant also to the group that's coming up and old in like my experience, old in my appearance, like just old. Well, I think it all comes from like, just like the whole XBT thing. It's like, you guys have been doing that for years on your own. And then it wasn't until Jen's like, Hey, we should share this. Yeah. The show is like that too. It's just like, Hey, you are on your own journey, just trying to better yourself. You're like, Oh, I can share this. Yeah. But I'm just being, always be relevant. I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's good. No, it's a it's a it's a good feeling. It, it probably checks you a lot too, for sure. To check in with. Well, it's also good and, to check to know so that it doesn't control you. For sure, you yeah. got to let it go. Because yeah, I I actually I agree with Justin. I don't think it's a fear that you should worry about. Okay. I think that every episode has a little nugget for everybody in a different way. Oh, and I think uh, it's a good motivator. Also, like, too, it's kind of funny that you're thinking that you might like be too old to like it's too you're too far along but like the things you're talking about the things you're doing are so new and fresh and on the cutting edge that it's like yeah as long as you're not giving your a history lesson you're still on the cutting edge of what's happening now you might not be like hot on what the next next tiktok trend is but who gives i'm a really shit, not you know? and, crypto. Shit? and not crypto and crypto you know but also like it's all they're all lanes just yeah, you have your right. lanes that you you know all right, well, cool. I think thanks for good. having us. Are you us. sure he got what you yes. needed? Yeah, there's a lot here. <laughs> He's editing. We'll, we'll figure it out. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. Stay tuned for a bonus episode coming this Thursday where I go deeper on one of the topics that really resonated with me. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at Gabby Reese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating and a comment. 
It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.